The other day, Time magazine published an article discussing the secret campaign to save the 2020 election. Yes, that's right. Save. And I'm going to use only the words they used in the article. They say it was a shadow campaign that it literally they say it was a conspiracy. And the definition of conspiracy is people getting together in secret for an unlawful or harmful act straight up. They say that it was an elite cabal of industrialists and special interests and political elites and media elites who came together to affect every aspect of the election from changing the rules, changing the laws, controlling the flow of information. What would you call it if you were, say, going to compete in some kind of athletic event and then your opponent got all of the rules changed to help them? Would you consider that to have been a rigged event? Many people probably would, but they say they weren't rigging the event. They were fortifying it for the, quote, proper outcome. No joke. This whole article basically is like they're na- they name names. They're proud of it. They're cheering for it. They say they saved the country. They saved democracy, subverting the will of the people through manipulation, changing the rules. And they did it for over a year. And they go through every detail about how they did it. Now, some of the stuff is innocuous. They're like, we were fighting for voter rights. And it's like that I get changing laws controlling the flow of information and lobbying big tech companies to suppress what they deem to be misinformation. Of course, most of you know that doesn't include Russiagate or things like that. So it's a crazy day. It's a it's a, it's a crazy day. So we, we, we got a ton of news. We got that story. We've got Bank of America. People are now boycotting. They're calling for a major boycott because Bank of America is giving your private financial information to the feds without just straight up violating the Fourth Amendment. I mean, not really. That's the point. The private corporations are, are being the, the government is outsourcing constitutional violations to major corporations. There's a bunch of stuff going on that just has me feeling like, I don't know, things are getting just outright crazy. And so uh, we're going to talk about these pretty big subjects. We have a great guest tonight to help us go through this. We have Jack Posobiec. How's it going, man? Hey, hey, what's going on? Do you want to just introduce yourself? I'm sure people are familiar. Yeah, sure. Jack Posobiec uh, here from One American News correspondent there. At, uh, at Washington, D.C., currently in the occupied green zone <laughs> of Washington, D.C., right there on Constitution Ave, um, which, of course, we'll be talking about January 6th a little bit. Most recently uh, got into it a little bit this week with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Congresswoman, um, who, you know, I, I tweeted an article about and she decided to try to put a target on my back. Didn't go very well for her. Everything you're tw- you tweeted a simple sentence. AOC was not at the Capitol. One sentence. <laughs> that she was like, how dare you? It's like you didn't even you didn't. That, that's true. No, but that's it's just, just, just a true statement. It's it's not really, you know, anything. So we'll, we'll talk about that, too, because now she's grandstanding. And this is like it's, it became a really big story because she keeps doubling down. Now she sent out an email to her constituents saying, go online and flag anyone who dare oppose me. Yeah, after it became the number one trend <laughs> nationwide. Twice. Twice. Yeah. With first, Alexandria Ocasio-Smollett, and then second, <laughs> yes. AOC lied, neither of which I take credit for. They organically kind of came up uh, for people making the connection between Jesse Smollett. And her response to all of this was not to take it in stride, was not to – and th- this is why it actually matters. And this is why you know they say you know we, ne- we need to dial up the noise, not the signal, not the noise, right? So I'm going to give you signal, not noise here, is that she is trying to weaponize – this situation, we saw what she she was one of the leaders of Parler, the deplatforming of Parler, mm-hmm. going to Amazon, putting pressure on them, Le- now leading to deplatform Twitter users, Facebook users, correcting YouTube, her, whatever it is, just for correcting her, for criticizing her. And again, this is this is different than when 
you know, one of those sort of fake news apparatchiks comes out there and says, oh, this dangerous person is all is spreading, yeah. you know, you know, they're the a different opinion on the Internet. This is a U- federal U.S. official who lied, who lied definitively, definitively. I, I will with, say that as a Tim, statement of fact, full credit to you for actually blowing that wide apart, because I tweeted the map. But then when you went to that timeline, I think you you broke the case. Right? Yeah, she lied. You, you blow straight the up entire lied. thing out of the wall. Well, let's, we'll, we'll get which, into all that, we'll too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. But that was a huge major thing. I'm in the New York Post this week. I'm all over Woo! this week on that. I know, right? Hey, hey there you go. Uh, it's, it's crazy to me that I'm seeing and here we are. Ben Shapiro and a bunch of other people. It, it's like the argument is still wrong. They're like, well, maybe she didn't lie, but she wasn't in the building. And I'm like, no, 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 the timeline. It was a full hour before there was a capital breach. No one yeah. knew what was going to happen. She lied. But we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I don't get carried away. We got Luke Rakowski's chilling. I'm very excited Jack is here. He's a former Intel Navy officer who was at Gitmo. So I'm very excited, Jack, for you to tell us how the gulags are going to be for all of us. <laughs> and you know, we used to joke about that, but now it's like, oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, here we are. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Luke Rakowski of WeAreChange.org. And if you want to find me, you could find me tweeting up a storm on Luke we Are Change and memeing up a storm on Instagram, also under Luke we Are Change. Thanks for having me me we got ian and he's wearing a we are change shirt i just Ooh, got my new shirt like everyone it. check so it out cool. can, i like you it. can get this shirt at uh the best political shirts.com you, 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 you hear you heard it here first <laughs> and uh I, along what you were saying with um something about f- private companies handling some of this sensitive stuff i just read an article yesterday that the government will have like private organizations do a lot of the high-tech stuff so that freedom of information act requests yep. can't get it because they're with private organizations it's clever glad you're here jack really good to be on the show with you man can't even foil it. There we go. That's we right. got Sarah Patchelet. Yeah. She's pressing all the buttons. I am. I'm pressing all the buttons. Right on. So before we get into this big breaking story, my friends, you must do one very important thing. Go to TimCast.com and become a member. We have a really cool bonus segment from the other night where the Navy claims to have tech that can, quote, engineer the fabric of reality. They're all Space cool. flight, warp drive. Wondering if it's legit because there are some questions. But we set this up because we're going to be talking about how... An elite cabal, so saith Time Magazine, Hmm. conspired, and that's according to Time Magazine, to uh, to fortify the election by changing the rules, laws, and manipulating the flow of information and lobbying big tech to suppress information. That's all according to a mainstream publication. Now, that's the kind of conversation that results in us, uh, um, you know, just being put at risk for mass deplatforming. Cassandra Fairbanks, if you're not familiar with her, she is a journalist over at the Gateway Pundit. I always do this every time I bring them up. I don't, I'm not a fan of the Gateway Pundit, but I know and trust Cassandra. And she published footage of vans showing up to the TCF Center in Detroit that say vote mobile on them. <laughs> that was it. And she got suspended on Twitter for it. Well, there you go. I mean, you can't even have these conversations, but we can have them over at TimCast.com. So become a member because we will have more bonus segments, more exclusive members only content coming up. Let's jump to the news and don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And uh, what's the other one I'm forgetting? Leave uh, a comment. Leave a comment. Yeah. Comment and uh, super chat and uh, share it with your friends. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you to Time Magazine saying the quiet part loud. No, not actually. I, I take that back. We'll explain. The secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. Oh. No joke. I'm tracking. Straight up. They say Trump was right. There was. I, I, I'm, okay, I am reading I'm going to read to you from Time Magazine. Trump was right. There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, one that both curtailed the protests and coordinated the resistance from CEOs. 
Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. The Democrats, major corporations and CEOs, formed what I guess you could call a uh, lucrative merger between corporation and state Hmm. for the purpose of winning political power. Is there a word for something like that? The word's fascist. Oh, fascist. Oh, Oh, is that that the word? Yeah, let's just cut to the chase. Yeah. Okay, I was just about to swear. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) The handshake between business and labor was just one component of a vast cross-partisan campaign. But the best part is just just jumping down because they they really are quite wordy in this. Let me read this for you. Yeah, no kidding. This is the inside story of the conspiracy to save the 2020 election based on access to the group's inner workings, never before seen documents and interviews with dozens of those involved from across the political spectrum. I'm going to stop right there and tell you that conspiracy implies a crime in 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 law. It does. And the general definition is unlawful or harmful act, a, a group acting in secret for an unlawful or harmful outcome. They go on to say, it is the story of an unprecedented, creative and determined campaign whose success also reveals how close the nation came to disaster. Every attempt to interfere with the proper outcome of the election was defeated. The proper outcome of the election. Interesting word. What does that mean? I love this article. Yes. I love everything <laughs> about this article. Says I love Ian, it, the way it's written. A huge Molly Ball, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I want to buy her dinner. Oh, yeah. wow. Yep. I love it. Check yep. this out. Uh, uh, but they, they say, quote, but it's massively important for the country to understand that it didn't happen accidentally. The system didn't work magically. Democracy is not self-executing. That's why the participants want the secret history of the 2020 election told. Even though it sounds like a paranoid fever dream, a well-funded. Co- OK, I- I'm going to stop right now. My friends, I am reading you verbatim from Time.com, Time magazine. These are not my words. A well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies, working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage and control the flow of information. They were not rigging the election. They were fortifying it. And they believe the public needs to understand the system's fragility in order to ensure that democracy in America endures. I'll make it very clear for you. You are not saving democracy when you conspire behind the scenes with powerful industrialists, CEOs and the elites to subvert the flow of information and prevent the the, the improper outcome as so you as, as as you see it. The true outcome is to sit back, advocate for your candidate, advocate for your ideas and then hope people vote for you. What they did very much sounds like it was criminal. And I'll tell you why. Many, I believe that the number right now is 24 states changed their election rules without going through state legislatures. Now, illegal is very different. Statutory law is different from constitutional law. So I shouldn't say criminal. I'll just put it this way. It was a conspiracy to violate the Constitution to stop Donald Trump from winning. To steer media coverage, control the flow of information, change rules and laws prior to an election, just as our founding fathers. That's right. Created for I, re- I remember it was yes. uh, it was uh, who, who was it uh, who said, give me liberty or give me death? Patrick Henry. Patrick Henry. Mm-hmm. So he was this was in Virginia and they were having, you know, this, this in-house this, delegates. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And they were trying to determine whether to join the revolution. And he stood up and said, give me liberty. Well, asterisks. We'll come back to that or give me death. Now, what I meant by that was we want to make sure the rabble can't be in control of these elections. You know, so we as the powerful elites want to actually manipulate them into thinking they have the power and give me that. And then maybe I'm willing to die for it. That, that's exactly how it went. Fortifying is also a very interesting word here, and also the timing. 
Why now did Time, and I want to say this too, admit that there was a secret cabal of powerful, wealthy elites that were working with corporations, <laughs> steering media coverage, influencing perceptions, and changing the rules to get their way? Time said that, not me. Don't get me in trouble. Why now did this happen? And when you look at those kind of other statements, you're seeing some rebuttals here. And the rebuttals here, uh, rebuttals here are that it was done in public. There was, this was so, sort of transparent. But, but even if it was, it still doesn't make it a good thing. And when, when we look at what actually happened this election, specifically with the Hunter Biden story, especially with some of the primaries in, in the Democratic, uh, you know, uh, presidential run up, you see a lot of foul play. You, you see a lot of things that shouldn't have happened, but did, and they're wrong. The well, Hunter Biden cover-up story, that's the biggest one. And, and to what you're saying, and we want to be clear about this, because the article does this as well, and even with something we'll talk about later, the timeline matters, right? Going through the timeline in this article is important because they don't lay this out in a chronological fashion. You get about three quarters of the way through this article. I've read it twice. It's about 6,500 words. Jeez. And about three quarters of the way through, they admit that this was something they were working on in October and November of 2019. Because remember, we're all told, we were all sold on this. Well, we had to do changes. We had to change the system because of COVID-19. Forget the fact that Dr. Fauci actually came out and Burks came out and said, oh, you actually can safely vote in person. They said that as long as you're doing this social distancing, six feet, you're wearing a mask, perfectly fine. Same as you know, going to Walmart. And you know, it is obviously an essential, uh, an essential act that you want to be performing. So Dr. Fauci came out and said that. But no, 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 we were told, no, this, it can't be done. The workers have to be there all day. We can't allow this to happen. We've got to do the mail-in voting. We've got to do universal voting, send ballots everywhere, ballots all over the place in many of these states. And they were planning to do this even before the word COVID crossed anyone's lips in the West, back when, even before China started arresting the physicians out in Wuhan, right, they were already planning to change the system to get what they said the appropriate outcome. Proper. The proper, proper outcome. outcome. Uh, the the mail-in voting outcome, change in Pennsylvania happened in October of in October. 2019. Yeah. Well before COVID yeah. happened. And I remember, I didn't, I didn't realize that. And so I saw this lawsuit pop up and then I started researching it and I was like, wait, wait, they passed mail-in voting in October? I thought mail-in voting was being passed because of COVID. No, it was part of a elite cabal plan, according to Time magazine. And they actually say this, mail-in voting to get people to vote for, by mail for the first time. It was part of their plan. Now, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. I mean, we knew this. I have how many videos where I said the Democrats are rigging the election. So many. And what I said was they're not doing anything. They're, they're changing the rules at the last minute in order to benefit themselves. We had Sean Parnell on the show and he said they're changing the rules because it's going to help them win. So it's funny. You could say they broke the rules, but they changed the rules beforehand. So no rules were actually broken, except maybe the Constitution, which is a big rule. But the problem with that with that is that the court cases all got thrown on either standing or latches. So I, I made a mistake on Twitter. I said that the the uh, vote by mail rule was unconstitutional at the state and federal level, and it was a, a lower court judge said that the the plaintiffs. So this is Sean Parnell and I think Mike Kelly would have won on the merit uh, that mail in voting is not allowed universally in Pennsylvania because they have rules about how you know you can do absentee ballots. It's which, in our state constitution. Right. 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 But it got sent to the higher court, the state Supreme Court, who threw it out not on the merit, but on latches, right. which means you filed this lawsuit way too late. It's over. Goodbye. Right. So here's here's the catch 22 on all of that. And I say this as I, I, I'm you know, a Pennsylvania kid, Philadelphia area that so the Pennsylvania state Supreme Court right now is currently controlled by a supermajority of Democrats. 
And what they did was they were saying, okay, doctrine of latches, that means too much time has gone by. We can't fix this. Therefore, there's no way to actually uh, remunerate what's been done to you. And so we're going to have to let this slide. There's no way to redo the election. It's kind of what they're saying. But to Sean Parnell's point, and I've spoken with him on this as well, had he brought that case prior to the election, they would say, you do not have standing because you have yet to be injured. Exactly. So it, the catch-22 becomes you can't have – you can't file suit prior. You can't file suit after. When are you supposed to do it? In the middle of the day on election day? It doesn't make any sense. And they've you, written well, this in such a way where – you, this is, and this is why people love lawyers so much. That you know, you've you've created a situation where there is no way to find relief from this. They, they well, here's what they need, they need to do. They needed to have sued immediately, and then when they said you have no injury, then they could have sued and said, "Ah, uh-uh, look at that one," and that would have at least been their leg to stand on. We tried. You said standing. We now have injury. We're back, and then they would have to be like, "Well, they can't cite latches because I already tried suit now that we're injured." However, they might have said they, they may they probably would have said the same thing. Oh, well, it's been a year now, so it's too long. The law has been put in place, blah, blah, blah. I want to read something to you guys from the article. This is the craziest, the craziest aspect of this, which I think is one of the most demoralizing sentences you'll probably hear. Their work touched every aspect of the election. They got states to change voting systems and laws and help secure hundreds of millions in public and private funding. You ready for the next one? They fended off voter suppression laws. I'm sorry. They fended off voter suppression lawsuits, recruited armies of poll workers, and got millions of people to vote by mail for the first time. I would like to see an investigation into what that sentence means. What do you mean they recruited poll workers? They were poll workers who were in this cabal, in this conspiracy, according to Time Magazine. Let me slow it down for you guys. Time Magazine said there was a conspiracy to to produce the proper outcome. They recruited poll workers. It's in the article. I'm going to show you one more time. It says they recruited armies of poll workers. What were they doing? What were those poll workers doing as part of this conspiracy? Uh, where is the, what are the sources of this article? They have the names. They, they have they, the people on every, record. Everyone's named on record. There's from the AFL-CIO, uh, the, not the president, but the senior advisor to the president. There's people involved from numerous progressive left-of-center organizations, um, a ton of people from these, you know, protect democracy type groups like Norm Eisen, Ian Besson is someone who's is also been named in there. A lot of the same people, by the way, who were pushing the Russiagate lawsuits, running a lot of the websites that had to do with Russiagate. I mean, all those ones that sort of started bubbling up in around late 2017, early 2018, suddenly shifted. You know, Mueller came out. That didn't work. The report, they shifted suddenly. And then starting in 2019, they were all talking about this election, uh, what they called protection, hmm. voter protection, right? And, and again, to use that phrase, there's a lot of editorializing in this article as well. And I hope people understand that while they're reading this, that they call it an election suppression law. Well, an election suppression law, if you have a different perspective on it, it might be something called an election integrity law. Yeah. Election, right. Having somebody check your signature, doing a signature match, that's not suppression. They call it suppression. That's not, that's making sure that that that's the real person that's actually signing up. Checking ID. This is not suppression. This is making sure you are the real person. But they will call it suppression as a way of saying, oh, you're trying to disenfranchise people. No, we're trying to make sure that election, look, I'm a veteran. A lot of people are veterans. We always talk about our democracy is the most important thing in this country. Well, shouldn't we take it seriously and not allow 
shadowy cabals to be able to come in and control the flow of information and laws. You know, so, so editorializing, right? They come out, they say voter suppression and disinformation. Disinformation literally just means information. From your perspective, you could say it's fake news. Someone else could say it's not. It's literally suppressing just information, whether you like it or not. It could be disinformation. Sure. I'm not a fan. I actually, well, actually, I, hate it. you should, you should point out that you are now disinformation. <laughs> I am. Well, no, because of, uh, uh Twitter has declared that you, right, your right, tweet right. was disinformation. I, I tweeted, uh, I, I put out a snarky tweet where I said, uh, so, okay, so let me slow down. Cassandra Fairbanks said, uh, put out a story about, uh, they actually have the video footage. I've seen the footage. You can see it online. It's vans that say vote mobile on them. Pulling up to the TCF center. Actually, let me, let me, let me slow down. I'm not going to assert I know what this is. I'm not going to say it's one thing or another. I'm just going to tell you what the video shows. A black car pulls up at the TCF center and a man walks up and it looks as though something may be exchanged. Their hands come together. After this happens, a van pulls up that says vote mobile on it. It's a white van and they begin unloading big boxes. And this happens apparently several times. Cassandra Fairbanks put this story out and I responded, I quote tweeted it saying, I'm not sure this matters. They've Time Magazine already admitted they rigged the election. I'm sorry. They said they didn't rig the election. They quote, fortified it by changing rules and laws and manipulating the, the flow of information. Now, manipulated is my editorialization, but it was almost verbatim changing rules and laws, controlling the flow of information was what they said. Twitter restricted the tweet claiming that I put out disinformation that could lead to violence. Well, that's a false statement of fact. They say this claim is disputed. I guess technically that's true because, well, actually, no, it's not true. If Time Magazine is saying it, who's disputing it? Is the left disputing Time Magazine's claim about the story? They're not. No conservative is. The conservatives are going, I knew it. So who's disputing it? There's, there, it's a false statement of fact. No one is disputing it. Well, so what did Twitter do to your tweet? You can't like, you can't share, you can't retweet, you can't respond, you can't do anything. Well, you can quote tweet it. I've got some breaking news for you, actually. Yeah. So I think you're going to appreciate this. So I actually know some people that got in, that got accepted into the Birdwatch program. Do you guys know about this? No. The Birdwatch. Yeah. Birdwatch. So Birdwatch is this new community sourced oh. um, fact checking ability that it's an add on to Twitter. Now, right now, you can't see it publicly because they're still kind of in beta mode. But it goes into individual tweets and then you can mark it. Hey, this was this is unhelpful. This is helpful. This is misleading. This is not misleading. Right. So my friend who's in Birdwatch sent me your tweet, Tim, and I can actually see from the link on the inside of it. Every single person who's marked it so far has wrote not misleading, not misleading, not misleading, not huh. misleading, see that? not misleading. Yeah. He literally has it on his phone. That's great. That's amazing. That's like that. Uh, not misleading. Not misleading. Not misleading. Not mis- so misleading. So Birdwatch has your back. Can I? Can I? Yeah. Can I? Can I quote some of these? Uh, yeah. You might want to take out the. Uh, I'm not gonna say their names or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So what? What Jack has just showed me. I, 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 I've, I've never seen this before. This is Twitter's fact checking. This is Birdwatch. Birdwatch. What it looks like on the inside. Very and cool. I'm going to read you. My, my, my tweet is locked. Right now, I just checked. You can't share it. You can't comment. You can't do anything. You can quote tweet. So I you can, can quote, quote right. tweet your tweet. Let me let me do this. Let me uh, try and pull. How do we do this? Let me pull up my other phone. All right. This is fun. I'm going to I'm going to read you what I said and what they said. I said, I don't think this even matters at this point. Time magazine just came out and said the co- that a cabal of elites rigged the election. I'm sorry. They said they didn't rig the election. They, quote, fortified it by changing the rules and laws as well as manipulating the flow of information. Below it, Twitter included this. 
This claim of election fraud is disputed, and this tweet can't be replied to, retweeted, or liked due to a risk of violence. Jack is showing me Birdwatch. I have it in my hand. Not misleading. According to the officiating, officiating source of time, there was a well-organized group of secret participants in a shadow organization that sounds like a cabal that worked together to sway the election in favor of Joe Biden. Another post, not misleading. He's referring to this and a link to the story. Another post, not misleading. The tweet is a direct quote from Time magazine. Not misleading. A link to the story. Another and one more, not misleading. While Tim Pool used the word rigged, where Time euphemistically uses fortified, the information conveyed in his tweet is factual with respect to Time's reporting. There you go. And they have still restricted my tweet. So I personally reached out to Jack Dorsey and said Twitter has published a false statement of fact uh, on my tweet, and I would like Twitter to remove it and issue a statement correcting the record. And then I sent him a link to the Time Magazine story. Which, by the way, they're not only claiming that you're misleading. They're Think of this. They're claiming that your tweet is a potential incitement of violence. Or creates the risk of or violence. Or creates the risk of violence. They're also saying that I claimed there was fraud. I didn't. I didn't say fraud. You definitely didn't say fraud. And the tweet is, is about the, the cabal. And rigging doesn't mean illegal. And rigging doesn't mean In fact, mean you fraud. actually said that if you want to go to the next level on this, Cassandra's tweet was claiming fraud. But your tweet was saying... No, no, hers wasn't either. Well, I thought it was the, the video. Cassandra tweeted, Here is the video we found of a, quote, vote mobile van arriving at 3.30 a.m. and 4.30 a.m., driving directly into the TCF center and unloading dozens of boxes each trip. This was eight hours after the ballot deadline. Her tweet doesn't say they were boxes of ballots. Okay. She said unloading boxes. Unloading boxes. And then she added the context sure. the ballot, of the ballot deadline. Now you can argue it... Wait, may- my point is your tweet, though, you were basically saying it doesn't even matter. So you're and even I, downplaying her potential tweet. Anyway. Right, right. But, but even still, they added a flag on Cassandra's tweet mm. and right. they suspended her. But that tweet, which is the one that I believe that's the one that got her suspended. She didn't say they were unloading boxes of ballots. No. She said a vote mobile van showed up and it was unloading boxes. She accurately described what was in the video. Exactly. Exactly. Which we can all see. I, I watched the video myself and I thought, this is interesting. I'd like, to, I'd like an investigation to know what was going on here. Is this normal? How does it work in that county? Is this a right. share? You know, what, what, what is it? Right. What is it? I'd like to, you know, the problem is not a, not a, not one of these, I'll do air quotes, journalists at any of these major publications will go near it. They won't even watch the video. They won't do it. Right. One of the big problems that, that people have, even prior to the Time Magazine, uh, you know, confession letter came out is that people have been asking, you know, honest people, I think have been asking, what level of transparency is there in our elections? How can we be sure, you know, we all went to bed seeing one thing and then over the next few days that result kept changing. So shouldn't we as a country want to be in a situation where 47, 48, whatever it is, percent of people at least agree with the outcome, the fact that it was gotten to fairly, that the process was fair, that there was transparency. But every time you ask the question, you get shot down, you get yelled down, you get shouted, you get scolded, you get, uh, you know, suspended on Twitter or flagged on Twitter. Bro. And then and then Time Magazine comes out and we get the shadowy cabal. We got Ocean's Eleven. Hmm. Donald Trump got Ocean's Eleven, but we all got Ocean's Eleven a long time ago. All right. I say I say that this is how I describe Donald Trump losing the election. As we can now see from the admission of Time Magazine, they were working out rule changes for over a year to make sure that everything was slanted as heavy as possible away from Trump. And they even say in the article they were worried because Trump was still outperforming the polls after everything they conspired to do. 
I'm going to stress this one more time because I all want you to hear it. The story says that there was a conspiracy of a cabal, well-funded and powerful, that recruited armies of poll workers. Just think about what that means. That's Time Magazine saying that, okay? And and I think this is this is key. I don't know if you mentioned this part yet, that it actually talks about how it's the U.S. Chamber of Commerce working with the AFL-CIO. Yeah. So this is your, you know, the workers and the owners actually shaking hands for the first time, saying that usually, you know, the AFL-CIO is against the Chamber of Commerce. That's, you know, the, the unions donate to the Democrats, the Chamber of Commerce donates to Republicans, and then they battle it out in Congress. That's kind of the standard way that politics has been done for the last 30, 40 years. This time around, it's like we are going to join together because we have to do everything to ensure the proper outcome. Are you saying the Chamber of Commerce was involved with the cabal? I'm saying Time Magazine says that. Okay, and uh, is the Chamber of Commerce a federal uh, organization? I don't think so. No, Great no, no. They're no, they're not. private. Or, they're not private nonprofit. Okay. Are there any federal organizations uh, indicted by Time Magazine? In I don't know. Okay. I wouldn't well, say federal, but certainly state. Prominent Obama administration officials recruited Republicans into the program. So I think what it sounds like is that some people know that it was about to get blown. The lid was about to get blown off. So they're trying to get ahead of the story and they're trying to do it before sentiment fails for Biden. That's 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 one theory. This is a frame. This is definitely a framing device. This story. Right, right, right. So I think that's that's one of the theories that people have been talking about. But we were talking before the show that it's what I I described it as returning to the scene of the crime. And I think you, you, Jack, you were mentioning it's kind of like the letter from the Zodiac. Yeah, this is um, what behavioral scientists would refer to as personation. The idea that you leave a signature because you desire, you have that sort of primal urge for credit. That to know that you did something and you got away with it and everyone in the world can see it and yet you don't have any credit for it you can't no social see acceptance. it right um you know to go off of the the scene of the crime you know btk used to always write letters to the newspaper or to uh, investigators to say taking credit for his heinous crimes if they got it wrong and say hey this one was one of mine hey this one was one of mine that could be one thing it could be also what ian said they could be getting ahead of something that's going to be coming out or they're just kind of fortifying what a lot of people kind of knew was happening already they knew that you know the game was rigged it serves many purposes yeah and and then we were told that you know our system was imperfect our system was vulnerable we were told that for four years individuals like john oliver the mainstream media they were saying there's problems with our elections that was okay when HBO they were saying was it. going to run kill chain they were they were going to run a documentary talking all about these machines and problems exactly. and they went out to um the hackathon and we're, and we're talking all about the issues because they were buying these machines on ebay and going into them which i never even knew about until after the fact and then they memory hold all of that. Mm-hmm. But now if you bring up some of these problems, you're going to get censored. You're going to get memory right. hold. It was the left that was already seeding that narrative prior to the election. And personally, I think that was in case they needed it. They could go and say, oh, well, look, well, this is what Trump did, just like the Diebold machines in Ohio with George W. Bush. My friends, I don't think it matters at this point. Time magazine can come out and gloat all they want. D.C. is occupied. They're surrounded by barbed wire fences with 5,000 national Great razor wire. Razor wire. Not just barbed wire, razor wire. Hmm. And it's going to be permanent, right? So the D.C. Homeland Security Advisor actually came out and testified yesterday in front of Congress when they asked him about this. And he said, you know, we don't need this to be permanent to secure D.C. 
We actually don't. Secure DC. Hmm. Well, my friends, I think we got bigger things to worry about. Yeah? You want to know what those bigger things are? Jack, what if I were to tell you that uh, you, as a... Uh, you, 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 I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I, I understand it's probably obvious, but you're a big Trump supporter. I was a Trump supporter, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, what if they drone strike you? You know, the thing for me is when I turn on MSNBC... This <laughs> so where we're lately, going, everybody. We got a story. And, we got a story. And I watch Nicole Wallace, and, and you hear some of the words that are coming out of these folks' mouths. And it's amazing to me because... For all of 2020, this was the defund police movement and the cops in this country have it out for, uh, for the little guy and their, their, you know, proto fascists of a police state, the harbingers of totalitarianism. And we need to go and we need to get rid of them. You even have people saying abolish pr the entire, pr not just private prisons, but the entire prison system. But then they'll turn around and say, except for any of you guys in a red hat, I want all of you down at Guantanamo Bay. I want waterboarding. I want drone strikes. Everything that's been done to Al Qaeda should be done to you. And this is what brings us to the actual segment and why I asked you that question. From The Blaze, MSNBC host suggests killing American citizens with drone strikes. And another story, which you brought up, Jack, from The Nation. I'm for abolition, and yet I want the Capitol rioters in prison. Hmm. They're not for abolition. They are tribalists. They view you as an evil other who must be caged or exterminated. And I know that might sound extreme, but this woman on MSNBC literally said, when we deal with terrorists overseas, I mean, we drone strike these people like American citizen Anwar Alalaki. And then they go on to talk about Americans. What do you think they're referring to? Let me show you the story from The Blaze. They say, during a discussion regarding domestic terror, MSNBC anchor Nicole Wallace floated the idea of the U.S. government killing American citizens with drone strikes, something they have done before, several times, in fact, under Obama. Wallace brought up the National Terror Advisory System Bulletin that was released to all law enforcement by the Department of Homeland Security last week. The bulletin, which is in effect until April 30th, warns the DHS allegedly received information that there is a threat of ideologically motivated violent extremists with objections to, exercise, uh, objections to the exercise of governmental authority and the presidential transition, as well as other perceived grievances fueled by false narratives, could continue to mobilize to incite or commit violence. Wallace notes, quote, there's a bulletin released to all law enforcement earlier this week that there is until the end of April a persistent threat of domestic domestic extremism. She goes on to mention that uh, basically what they are, what, what, uh, what they already said that the COVID restrictions are unnecessary. All of those ide ideologies pushed by Trump. The deadline White House host then said, but my question for you is about is around incitement. We had a policy and it was very controversial. It was carried out under the Bush years and under the Obama years of attacking terror at its root of going after and killing. And in the case of Anwar Alalaki, an American Yemeni American with a drone strike for the crime of inciting violence, inciting terror, Wallace said Mitch McConnell was in the Senate then he was in the Senate after 9-11, how does Mitch McConnell, who understands that the way you root out terror is to take it on in the case of Islamic terror, kill those who incite it? How does he not vote to convict someone that he said on the House floor incited an insurrection? The Blaze then quotes uh, a very poor and stupid journalist, Luke Rutkowski. Uh, hey, they, hey, they, hey. The Blaze then I'm shows a... Luke's tweet where he says, so they are pretty much saying they have to stop incitement of violence by inciting violence themselves. Yes. This this is MSNBC's Nicole Wall. This as MSNBC's. MSNBC's Nicole Wall suggests we use domestic drone strikes on Americans as a solution to lockdown protesters. It may sound extreme, but please listen to that quote 
She says, Mitch McConnell understands the way you root out terrorism is to take it on, saying in the previous sentence, killing in the case of Anwar al-Awlaki, an American, Yemeni American with a drone strike. There we are. I like how no one on MSNBC even batted an eye as she compared anti-lockdown protesters to terrorists. I mean, are you freaking kidding me? And this is, again, Nicole Wallace, a former Bush spokesperson. And it's very interesting that she brought up Anwar Alawaki because that's one American citizen. Abdurrahim Alawaki is yet another one. He's a 16-year-old American citizen that was killed under, of course, Barack Obama's drone bombing. He was 16 years old. And then Donald Trump, who personally called for a raid under his raid, killed his daughter, who was eight years old. So we have literally the entire assassination of this family. And and a lot of people are, are I mean, I remember when, when this was being codified. I remember when this was first introduced and I was screaming on the top of my lungs. Hey, this is extremely dangerous. We cannot give the right to kill anyone that power. We can't give that to the presidency. He can't be judge, jury, and executioner. This is dangerous, and it's going to turn against the American people. And now, today, we no, no. have them on national television telling you that Look, it's a good thing. Abdul Rahman Alalaki was the American people. He was a 16-year-old American. He was born in Denver, Colorado, and he lived in San Diego. He was a teenager. Apparently, 16. he was looking for his grandfather and went to visit Yemen. Yeah. And Obama, for some reason, ordered a drone strike on a civilian restaurant killing this 16-year-old. Yep. Why? Yep. They said it was an accident. We were targeting someone else. Did anyone then ask, why did you drone strike a civilian restaurant? Even if it was to get this target in the mainstream media, no. But of course, we at we are change. We did. We we went after Robert Gibbs. We went after Obama's spokesperson, his right hand man, and we and we cornered him. And we asked him a number of times, "Why'd you do it? Why'd you do it?" He finally snapped back, and you can see this in the "We Are Change" video when you type in "We Are Change" Robert Gibbs. He snapped back. He said he should have had a better father. That was the official justification when the. When the Obama administration was even denying it happened. Here's, here's my favorite thing is that, uh, Obama had the disposition matrix, which was the, informally known as the kill list. And I think it was Debbie Wasserman Schultz you asked. I was like, she's yeah. like, she's like the top Democrat for the DNC or whatever. And she was like, what are you talking about? That doesn't exist. No, I asked her, I was like, how do you feel about the president potentially handing this power to kill anyone at any moment to potentially someone like Mitt Romney? She was like, you're crazy. This doesn't exist. What are you talking about? Peter King, a Republican, called me an absolute lunatic and a moron for even believing that there was such a thing. No one even wanted to talk about this thing. And, and then now it's here and now it's codified and now it's being promoted as some kind of great, amazing, glorious idea to deal with anti-lockdown protesters. This is this is crazy. I mean, this, I, I, yeah. I, I, that, that's real. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, obviously, I can't talk too much about my, you know, uh, uh, actual. Uh, yeah, you uh, worked in intelligence. Yeah, 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 you know, service. But yeah, that's that's very, very real. The story, yeah. the story from the New York Times was that Obama was given what looked like baseball cards of statistics and like age and a breakdown and threat level, and then he would be like, "Oh, kill him!" And uh, well, him. Uh, more like the NSC, not 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 Obama. necessarily Obama himself. Yeah. He would eventually have to sign off, but right. it would be the NSC. Um, going up and in some cases, That's the National Security Council, National Security Council um, which is attached to the White House. They're in the EOB building. But 
it's it's a White House uh, organ in a sense, well, and and the but, NSC was greatly expanded under Barack Obama for purposes like this. And Barack Obama personally signed off on a lot of these drone strikes, personally executing them. And he even came out a couple of weeks ago saying, "I kind of regret being as aggressive as I was with foreign policy because I was trying to impress the Republicans so I could look tough in front of them." That sounds like a cop out to say the least, especially when you have blood on your hands and you killed American citizens just. Because of your signature? Well, let's kill American teenagers based on your signature. And again, Donald Trump started his presidency. Not in a good way so either, let's, let's, because he also personally signed off on a raid that killed his eight-year-old daughter. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The 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 eight, well, the eight-year-old sister of Abdurrahman Alaki and the daughter well, of and, Anwar. And not only were these, uh, in some cases, U.S. citizens, but another. And you mentioned the restaurant, right? You know, the collateral damage in some of these things. There were funerals, weddings. I mean, these these are clearly. Well, right, wait, 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 one last thing. One, I need to add add to, add to this point because when we look at these policies, Syria, Iran, uh, you know, the, Afghanistan. They're all failed. But specifically, when it comes to the drone bombing campaign, it came out through many reports that over 90% of the drone bombs landed on unintended people, killed innocent people that were not the intended targets. So this is the program that they want to bring back, that they want to use in the United States with a 90% fail list? Are you kidding me? I got to add two two very important things here, Luke. The first is... You, you were trying to call this out a decade ago. Yeah. I mean, this is like almost, this is nine years ago. 2004. Where, 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 so wow. where you, you have people who, uh, in the government who were doing this. And the fear was that as they started killing American citizens, it would eventually find its way to American soil. The government's been empowered to do it. And now here we are. Yeah, I mean, ever since 2004, I was saying the the war on terror is going to be a be going to be a war on the people, and that's exactly what we're seeing. These emergency laws being used now turn against the American people. The only people who got this information out there, got my videos out there, were individuals like Glenn Greenwald. Were the only few individuals that were willing to share these videos, these confrontations with Robert Gibbs, with Debbie Washerman Schultz, with Peter King, and all these other individuals, as the mainstream media stayed silent on this issue and even denied the fact that it existed. And now the other point I wanted to make is that we recently heard from Ken Cuccinelli that Nancy Pelosi wanted crew served machine guns in D.C. Yeah. What you need to understand about the psychotic request is that, listen, as most people who are listening probably know, and many who are not big gun people might not know all that well, it tends to be that those who are trying to pass gun control laws know nothing about guns. And it becomes particularly dangerous when they try wielding them because you end up with dumb people saying things like fully semi-automatic, which is meaningless, or Nancy Pelosi saying, can we get crew, yeah, automatic, crew served, crew served machine guns in a civilian jurisdiction. You know what happens when you fire a machine gun? Okay. Let let, let me ask you, what what, what kind of bullet machine gun does she want? Well, if they're crew served, they're probably going to be what? Like NATO rounds or what? Five, five, six. She's certainly not saying 50 BMG full auto in D.C., is she? I think she was. Yeah, regardless, at least kind of vague on that. I don't think she knows what she's talking let's, about. Let's, let's say seven six two. At least seven six twos with the MT forties, M sixties. And yeah. will those go through a person? Well, typically they're designed. If you're talking about the fifty cal, that's designed as an anti. <laughs> it's to kill a building. That's anti armor, <laughs> right? So that's, that's okay, anti armor. I'm just 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 answer the question, Jack. You, you never will a seven six two go use through these a for, person. They'll go through many people. Yes. And then what's behind those people? More people. And what's behind those people? More people and their well, children and, and their families. And cars and, and buildings cars and, and dogs. If, if she city. actually got this, this is what these people, they don't care about Well, you. actually, though, 
at Biden's inauguration, that wouldn't necessarily have been true because I was there. But you know who wasn't there? Anybody else. <laughs> right. Yep. The buildings are still you know, there. The, the buildings there. And, you know, of course, all my coworkers, thank God, uh, were, you know, everybody was safe. But they locked that thing down so much that this was like a scene out of the Hunger Games where, which I was saying even before Lady Gaga got up uh, with the actual Mockingjay on her, on her, uh, her address, that <laughs> there was... It did look a, like a, the Mockingjay. It really looked like the Mockingjay. It 100% looked like the Mockingjay. This, the, you know, the capital has won. The rebels have been defeated. Uh-huh. A nation mourns. Yeah. And you would look out onto the national lawn and it was empty. Yeah. There were nobody there. There was, it was one or two rows of like a few, you know, dignitaries and then media and then just grass. And then so they decided to put up these little miniature American flags and state flags and different things to make it look like there was something there because, you know, remember, of course, this was a huge controversy in, in the early days of the Trump administration about you know, how many people did he have? It did he right, have more right. than Obama and Sean Spicer is going through the numbers and all. But with Biden, there was nobody there. Well, they wouldn't let anybody go. Right. You couldn't get there. Right. I had to. So my studio was right there on Constitution Ave. So I was there for Jan 6. I was there for Jan 20th. Um, and that week, the week of inauguration, for me to get through, it was complete military lockdown, not just on the National Mall or around the Capitol building like it is now. Right now, that was blocks and blocks out. You had to go through military checkpoints. I had to go through TSA level secret service screening. You know, the idea where you're, they're going through your bag, they're patting you down, they're wanding you. I had to have my, my media pass, my media credentials and a list that I was on stating that I was an essential worker. This was the building. And by the way, if you were taking pictures out there, if you were up, you know, Hey, let me just record some of this seeing as I am here in a media capacity that you were being hounded off the street. Hey, I said you were going to that building. Get to that building. You know, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm recording this for for my job. This is actually my work. You you better get in there before, or we're going to revoke your credentials. Like, well, you didn't grant me my credentials, right? <laughs> you know, but that's the level that it went to. Even if you were just doing your job out there, trying to show people what it was like on inauguration day. It's always just following orders from the the lowest scale of just kind of jamming you up at a checkpoint to the the atrocities. I hear stories about National Guardsmen in D.C. who are extremely demoralized by what's going on, but it's not like they're going to do anything. When they're not it. being forced to sleep in parking lots. Hey, but but it's, it's remarkable to me that they could literally have the, as Time Magazine put it, cabal, put them in a parking garage with one bathroom and one power outlet and no Internet or anything like that and say, sleep on the concrete. And they're like, yes, sir. It's 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 I got to admit, the first thing is it's actually admirable that admirable that the, the guardsmen are willing to endure this in the name of, of doing right by our country. But it's shocking to me that people would actually follow the orders. And, and I don't I don't know how else to say it, but this is why probably why I would well, actually never enlist. I, I will say this. That shows a failure of leadership on the officer corps, right? That when you're an officer and I was an officer, you are a leader of your soldiers, your troops, your sailors, whichever it may be, uh, guardians, I think this is for Space, Space Force. Space Force guardians. Um, so if I'm in a situation where I know my people are being asked to sleep in a parking garage, you know, I can understand going in there on a movement and they said, hey, let's be here for a little bit. You're asking me to sleep in there? No, 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 no. That's if I'm an O2 and I'm an O3, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, captain, et cetera, or lower. You are going out there and I'm on the phone with my major. I'm on the phone with my lieutenant colonel. I'm saying, 
hey, what's going on? This is unacceptable. This is completely inappropriate. Is this, is this mission essential? Is it mission essential for us to have to be in here or not? It's, and, you got to take care of your people. And it wasn't. Of course and not. And 26,000 people listened and did what they were told. A lot of the back blue people are like, they're going to not listen to all these unconstitutional orders. And I'm like, you have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Yeah, and you have no sense of reality or understanding of history. 26,000 National Guard troops over what? A threat alert? Where did the threat alert come from? Was there any legitimate Every threats? time we pushed down Obviously on it, they not. couldn't yeah. give us any nothing, information nothing. about but this is But this is another big thing here. Threat. It's, it's going to cost the taxpayers a half a billion dollars to pay for all that security. That. Close to $500 million of our tax dollars is going for this security theater state no. that I know you're, you, we have different understanding of this, but, but it is what, what it is right now. It's a big security state. There's some troops standing behind for other reasons and other purposes. We could talk about and speculate about that later, but a half a, a billion dollars spent on that. I want a refund. I want my so, money back. No, no two thousand dollar checks, folks. I, I, I got a question. Yeah. I got a question for you, Jack. Uh, so the other day, Luke, well, actually, Luke's made references to the men who stare at goats several times. Are you familiar with that 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 story? I've seen it like a million years ago, but yeah. So, it, so it was actually a nonfiction book. I think in right. two thousand four about this like program they did. They tried doing psychological uh, psychic the operations, the Jedi and stuff like yes. that. It was called. I think it was called like the Stargate Project. Now, in the movie, when it opens, they talk about how this guy came to actually be running this psychic, you know, unit or whatever. Right. And they said that when he was deployed to Vietnam, they, they, you know, they land and then one of his, you know, one of the soldiers gets shot and he sees this woman running through the field and he says, what are you doing? Shoot. And then all of the men start shooting and they all aimed high. And in the movie, they say they found out that fresh recruits don't want to shoot anybody and often either subconsciously or intentionally miss and so all, they're all shooting high and missing this woman. And then she shoots the guy, Bill, and he falls down. And then it, he has a vision of like, you know, using gent, uh, the, the gentle nature of their men as their strength or something. But what was interesting to me was this idea that fresh recruits don't want to shoot somebody. I'm wondering if that's true or if you're. Well, that actually similar. is true. And I'm, I'm surprised you don't know. Uh, do you know how the DOD was able to overcome that? First no. person human shooter. targets. First yep. person shooters. Wow. Human targets and yep. first person shooters were some of the ways that they. Psychological that came tricks out that they of, used during training. Of Vietnam because, and this is back, I remember this was during the draft. So a lot of people that were forced to be there, they realized that you had to switch from the stationary, you know, ring targets that you would have on the shooting range to silhouettes, to look, make it look like a person, to condition you to be able to pull that trigger to not aim high. Wow. Some of the original first person shooters actually came out of DOD programs. Um, I heard you know, that before. And this was also done to be able to start conditioning you that, you know, it's, it's okay. This is normal. This is fine. Because up until that point in human history, it had never been done before. This idea that, on a you know for kids right that we, we let kids play first person shooters and that you're going to be conditioned already from playing these games that that's what you yeah. do and they, now they just, now when people go into the military you're expecting it there's an expectation yeah. that oh i'm going to deploy and i get to shoot people and i get to kick in doors and that's what joining the military means and so that's why you know you're asking are, are they going to follow the laws you, you like you understand right we've conditioned people to the understanding that joining the military means I get to do yeah. these things. Yeah, so they, let, they, let they me, broke them down and built them in a way where they will always follow those let, orders. Let, let, let me ask you, if there was a group of Trump supporters waving flags and they were standing on an, an intersection and a guardsman uh, or, or group were ordered to fire on them immediately, would they do it? 
if they were told that there was an imminent threat and to shoot those men now, stop them now and to shoot, I think you would see people do it. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah, I think if, the, if they drove, talked, if they were if they were told it was an imminent threat, if they were told that there was something about to happen that that group yes. is concealing, so, a, I think right, had, you would have to I'm, explain I'm, I'm, that they wouldn't just do it indiscriminately. I've had a bunch of friends who uh, told me that they never thought it was possible. Like some conservative friends I've had a long time, you know, from years ago back in Chicago, would say things like, "Dude." After Kent State and things like that, that you're never going to see this kind of martial law ridiculous thing. But then I actually went and stayed on a couple of military bases. I briefly lived on uh, Fort Carson in Colorado, just outside okay. of Colorado Springs. And I also lived just outside of Fort Eustace in Newport News. And I actually asked some of the active duty personnel and they said, they're like, they're not machines. They're like, dude, it, it, it's a simple, simplistic question. Like if I was ordered to shoot an American, would I do it? It's like, that's not how it goes down. What goes down is someone says, we've got intelligence of a potential terroristic threat. There it is. And then there's someone, you know, coming towards you and they say, that's him. That's him. Take him down now. What are you going to do? Be like, no, thanks. Dude, no, if, you're going to be like, I will follow the orders. They because they drove a civilian in a car and killed him. And then the mass media started saying it was a tr potential threat. They were an imminent threat. People would not. Some They're people would freak right out. For us. Waco. There would, there would be like Waco. there would be like movements of protests, but it would normalize it. And what this Time Magazine thing is, if people don't stand up to this, it's going to normalize it for the next election, and then it's well, setting a precedent. Well, the psychological dehumanizing programs are already pretty much existent, and, and when you look at some of the language, when you look at how weaponized it is, when you look how sensational it is, it's it's pushing people to that. This is why you know I had a T-shirt with the mainstream media poking a stick to to do a conflict. I'm, uh, you know, I can't say even the full phrase censored. of what I said. Yeah, yeah. The, the shirt got censored. I brought wow, it back wow. up. The shirt's still up right now. Uh, but but there, this is happening, and I think this is akin to what we're seeing in, in time, akin to what we're seeing in MSNBC and what we're going to be seeing. And some people are pointing to the fact that these news organizations are losing ratings, they're losing viewership. You know, that could be maybe, you know, an understanding partially of it, but I think there's something bigger, deeper. Soccer, even this, especially with the longer, bigger connections that a lot of these media organizations have with intelligence organizations that work hand in hand together pushing out this propaganda on the front line sometimes even intelligence agencies writing entire articles and just having journalists put their name behind it that happens in american media in international media and this is something we need to worry about because those talking points those words set an agenda set a perception that puts out a scenario that is unfolding right in front of us. Well, and it's a nasty scenario that we're seeing right now. And something that we were just saying before, uh, shows like 24 and Sleeper Cell yeah. and Homeland that all came out in sort of that, that three to four year period after 9-11, getting you to think that, oh, your, your neighbor is a radical. That is something that's actually, this has all been sort of a yeah. red pill for me to go back and say, wait a minute. I used to watch that show. I used to love it. Jack Bauer, right? Saving the country, CTU, right? He's a good guy. But wait, was that conditioning to Dude, me? Of course. Did you ever watch Law and Order SVU? No. You say I'm 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 a, I'm a fan of the Law and Order series and Law and Order SVU with Stabler and uh, I, uh, what's the other lady's name? I don't know. Mariska Hargitay. But her, the the character couldn't tell. You. Yeah, what? I can't forget. I, I used to, I used to actually enjoy watching uh, all the Law and Order stuff. Criminal Intent was really good because they mm -hmm. had. Uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio on it. So oh, that nice. was, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, that was great. The reason I didn't like, the reason SVU wasn't my favorite, uh, is because Stabler would routinely violate people's constitutional rights, brutally beat them. And it was like a part of his character that he would get the wrong person. 
he would scream in their faces and then it would like sort of give him pause when he realized what he did. And I'm like, why am I supposed to root for this cop who's like, I understand it's SVU. Okay. That's like a ugh, kind of the crimes yeah, yeah, in that yeah. show are gruesome and brutal. But like you have a cop who's literally, you know, there, 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 there's like an episode where he beats up a guy and it turns out the guy wasn't the, the suspect, but he was just so enraged by the crime. I'm like, am I, we're supposed to root for these guys? Yeah. Well, well, there's a reason the CIA tweets out support of Black Panther and why the Pentagon spends hundreds of millions of dollars, especially American taxpayer dollars, in rewriting scripts for major movies and TV shows all throughout the United States. We have to understand there's a bigger agenda throughout the subliminal messaging that a lot of times we don't pick up, we don't notice, we're not on alert to look out for, you know, the, the messaging behind entertainment because we put our guard down. We think we're just being entertained when in reality people are being programmed to believe a certain thing that benefits, of course, the ruling class. Right. And you're, you're starting now to see this in media where the last season of Punisher, right, it was all about domestic extremists. And the last season of Bosch on Amazon Prime was all about, quote unquote, sovereign citizens. Though I will give them credit because it actually ended up being that the FBI was smearing the sovereign citizens <laughs> at the end. Sorry, spoiler for everybody there. Um, but, you know, going back and thinking about 24, like they're probably going to get Kiefer Sutherland back and they'll do a reboot of it. And it'll all be based on, you know, people with the Gadsden Dude, flag yeah. and don't tread on me. And, oh, he's got a better, you know, Chloe's on the on the the laptop going he's got the flag up that says the second protects the first that's it all right <laughs> call him the strike it's call him, him the strike it's, it's him. him go 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 you know it, you, here you want make uh, have you guys seen the music video for um uh that taylor swift song what's it called uh what is it? you uh, need to shut up or something yeah you know what i'm talking about calm down Calm, you need to calm down. I've watched yeah. all of Taylor Swift's music videos oh, religiously. She has this song called You Need to Calm Down. And at first, it sounds like she's singing about cancel culture, about how people on Twitter are just like snapping at her. It's like, dude, you need to calm down. And I'm like, oh, okay, like legit. Like, yeah, I remember that when I first said, oh, calm down. But then we the should whole all calm sec- down. That's the whole good. second verse is a caricature of conservatives as if they're like, as if the millennial conservative is comparable to the 90s conservative. And so she's then singing about like LGBT rights and how it's like a bunch of people who are like hillbillies waving signs, you know, about, you know, not spelled signs. Yeah, misspelled yeah. signs opposing LGBT rights. And it's like that video was probably created by some by some Gen Xer who's in their 50s. And that's their perception of the conservatives. And so then Taylor Swift makes this for 12 year olds or 14 year olds or whatever, who now will have that perception of conservatives without ever have, have, ever having talked to one. And so. This is part of the phenomenon where we can see the left doesn't know anything about the right. It was like that uh, the right Kevin knows. Smith did that movie Red State, which is exactly like that. Yeah. You know, they were people who have their, I think it was their car broke down and they were stuck in the backwoods and it was all these sort of like, er, da, da, hillbilly yeah. type. But, yeah, but, look, but hold on, but look where this One is. second, one second, one second. Did you see that movie? What's it called? Where the woman, the, 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 the liberals kidnap the Trump supporters? The Hunt? The Hunt. Yeah. That movie is really good. That was it's so really, good. Really, I was shocked. Good. I, you know, the act, I start, I actually started to watch it because I'll, I'll watch Locky movies, you know, B movies here and there. Uh, the script just killed for, it for, for me. For, it was so over the top. For those that aren't familiar, this is a very controversial film where the trailer shows liberals kidnapping Trump supporters and then hunting them for sport. For sport. You didn't see the ending? I didn't see the ending. No. The ending, like, mm-hmm. basically makes you hate everybody, and it's 
pretty good. Don't it's ruin good. it. I don't, I I don't want to ruin it. It's but I was movie. laughing the whole time. Ruin it for me after. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The, the, the ending makes you like... I saw like when they were on the private jet and they're the going movie, to the The movie's nonpartisan. Oh, it's, it's not in support of the left or the right. It's making fun of the whole thing and I respect it for it. But you were saying, let's, we'll get more serious. Where's this Appreciate all that. leading to? I mean, this is leading to literally Bad movies. N- NPR also calling for terrorist counterinsurgency tactics to be used in the United States. And when you look at, at, at those larger calls, MSNBC, Time Magazine, NPR, it, it, it's, it's building up. It's crescendoing. No, I, on the way here, Rand Corporation, right? Yes. The Rand Corporation. Yep. This was the Iraq War organization. They created the war on terror. They're widely credited for creating it. Headline on their their com- their commentary today: Domestic violent extremists will be harder to combat than homegrown jihadists. And also, these are failed individuals who who absolutely did a horrible job at what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to fight terrorism, but they built a whole bunch of terrorists all throughout uh, the Middle East, especially helping resurrect, you know, this new creature called ISIS that was directly because of their government decisions. But also, when, when we look at that type of garbage, it's either just utter intelligence agency propaganda pushed on you. Or just utter demoralizing crap. Like today, uh, Cardi B released a new music video, and it's called Up. And kids who are going to be looking for that Disney movie are going to be traumatized. Oh, no. uh, and it is, I mean, some of the lyrics we can't even say here. I would love to do a Ben Shapiro impression and just talk about some of the, the, the lyrics here. Uh, but... It's number one. It's trending. You go to trending you on YouTube know. right now. You get that, and and you'll be shocked to see that's okay. That's promoted. That's given to everyone's news feed. That came up on my news feed, and I don't care about Nicki Minaj. I don't watch Nicki Minaj. Cardi but, but, B. Uh, sorry, Cardi B. But but that's that's thrown out to, to me. In in, in well, other, actually, in other. I can even say that because so I have a two year old, right? And sometimes when he'll go on YouTube, um, or or my you know we have my parents in law live with us. And they'll put on YouTube, but sometimes it'll be logged in on my account. So maybe I'm watching Timcast IRL or watching something in the news, but then they won't switch it to kid mode. So they'll put on a kid show, but it, the autoplay will load oh, something like that's on you guys, you know, apart, no, 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 I know, but <laughs> yeah. again, right. You know, they're not, they're just thinking, Hey, let's put on something for the kid, but then it'll, it'll load something from the news or it'll load something from uh, music. Now, personally, I, mostly I listen to like, you know, either Cyberwave or like lo-fi when I'm, when I'm actually writing. Yes. But I think about that a lot more now is to what he, he's going to get to the, he can already type by the way, he's two years old. He can type. Right. He can actually do. He can't even write, but he can type. So wow. he's going to be putting words together pretty soon here. So what happens when he gets a computer and he's going on YouTube and or whatever it is, you know, whatever platform yeah, when he goes and that algorithm is, starts feeding stuff in. And now you, I'm starting to have those thoughts. This myself. is this is tough. Um, a lot of the big tech CEOs bar their children from having cell phones because they know you can't just give a child access to the summation of human knowledge and depravity at the same time. Are you going to homeschool? We're we're currently thinking about what what we want to do. I mean, I'm Catholic, so there so are you, you need to homeschool. There's a lot of well, there's a lot of options, right? There's cat there's Catholic schools, there's Catholic co-ops like pods that they have for different parishes. 
Um, yeah, there's different, there's different, uh, I thought you said Montessori, Montessori, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, but, or, or homeschool, you know, we're, we're currently thinking about what we want to do, what makes sense for us. Because when he goes to kindergarten, some kid's going to have an iPhone with no, 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 like locks on it. Well, it's just going to happen unless the school bans it all, but even then they probably got one in their Well, that, that's, that's the thing though, is what kind of school, you know, what's their, you know, what's their standard on that? Do they have rule about that? I think I was lucky because I, I went from kindergarten to the end of fifth grade at catholic school okay which was very uptight and strict and then sixth seventh and eighth was public grade school which was a bunch of kids with no rules in gangs getting drunk and smoking pot and so that mixture of like realities i think was really good for me so i you first, got to see both sides of the coin yeah and and i started with the, the more strict you know like the kids at the school would cry if they forgot their homework like it was really everyone wow. wore ties you had to wear your tie if you didn't have your tie you got a misconduct slip kids would wow. cry yeah no i remember that yeah you go to public school and the kids would be like the, the, the teacher would be like can you turn your homework in i didn't do it well you're gonna get a zero and okay and they'd wow. walk away yeah i had that was public school. yeah i had a huge huge uh big difference when i came from poland poland it was you know everything was it was very nice and people were, were always cordial to you people were always talking to you respectful of you too a, a public new york city school where you would fight someone and the teachers would cheer on. I'm not even joking. Uh, I'm not even exaggerating. Like they were, there was just fights and teachers would just watch and place bets and what? like who's going to win. Yeah, M- Michael Malice nice. has a great line about that. Not great, but it's, it's the way he always says those quips where he says, you know, public schools may be the one place where you actually face violence. Yeah, you know, <laughs> in, <laughs> it's in, true. In, yeah, in yeah, they're little America. prisons. That's what he, that's what he says. Yeah. Uh, so I have a question for you guys. Um, should we be serious or snarky in the next segment? The next story we, we we can jump to. We have one that's like really What's the serious. Story? Well, we, wait, 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 you oh, can't oh, say oh. that without. Yeah. Oh, okay, you're you're, you're picking. With, so yeah. we, we've I got say we, snark. We've, we've got we've got a story snark. that's silly and nonsensical and funny, and then we've got one that's serious and alarming. No, I say go to serious and then get to silly. Well, we, we, we were pretty serious so, already. So we have something. We, we, to, we did. We did. Do, we could go to snarky and then go serious again. No, okay. I want to go back. I like. All right, I'll just tell you. Let me just ask you what you prefer to talk about. Bank of America is giving away people's private information. Yes. To work with the feds, scary stuff. Well, that kind of ties. Or, what we're already saying yeah. right right so that's why i was like we could just so that's a good know, segue. Carry on. easy segue there we could talk about david hogg starting a pillow company <laughs> yeah what's up with that i heard some interesting <laughs> developments around that i have i i i, I, I have i'm gonna throw out that i, I said what are they going to call it cry pillow yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk about bank of america just, i think we got the joke out of david hogg starting i think a pillow. that's all, all, right, that's that's all you're gonna say yeah. yeah uh you know I, I will say something briefly on uh the pillow thing they say, I guess they want to put my pillow out of business. They're not going to. That my pillow advertises on Fox News. David this, Hogg is just not competing. This whole with like doing my things to get someone else is like vote for yeah. Biden so that you can screw Trump. Make a pillow company so you can put that one out of bed. That's not how reality. Like, he functions. does understand, by the way, that there are all other pillow companies already, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, every other pillow company is trying to put my pillow out of business. Yes. That's how business works, right? Yep. This is a problem with like socialists don't understand how business works. That yes, there are lots of pillow companies that compete with Mike Lindell. That's that's not how we were. His, you are not going to get his audience because Mike Lindell's audience buys his pillows for number one. By the way, I actually have a my pillow. I, I like it. Heck yeah, I, me it's too. really good. It's yeah, great. it's a like. This what I, you know what I, I, can't I wish say. I had more than one. It's actually I, I, good. I can't stand how the left lies about the pillow because they don't like him. They're like, it's awful. Oh, like there was one article with like, I bought the pillow and it was the worst thing ever. And this one was like, my boy, this female writer is like, my boyfriend said, what is this trash and why did you buy it? It's like I was at Walmart 
And I saw the my pillow thing and I laughed and I was like, yeah, throw it in the throw it in the you know in the cart. And then I got it back and I was like, well, first of all, I would recommend you need more than one pillow, but obviously two pillows, two regular pillows. Um, it's okay. But a regular pillow and a my pillow is actually really. That's nice. actually what I do. Yeah, that's actually really what I do. Nice. Yeah. Two pillows, one sack. What? <laughs> do you put both your pillows in one pillowcase? No. Two you pillows, can... one sack. That's where it's at. Oh, interesting. But the but the yeah. my the my the, the, here we are doing a, a, a my pillow. Promo. I use it for my knees. Look, I yeah. I, I think you, that's you, what all this you is. Can criticize by the way. Mike just wants to sell his pillows for. <laughs> you can criticize the guy. I don't care. I, I, I'm 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 not gonna stand for the guy. But it, it's a pillow, dude. And it's it's annoying to me that the culture war extends to like, oh, I hate that movie because it was this or that because it had the wrong, you know, race of character in it or something like whatever. Who cares? Was the well, movie good or was I, the movie bad? That's why they went after. um Oh, what was the film where they were where it was actually the point of the film was the fact that it was reincarnation Trop- and oh. uh, I thought you were going to bring up Tropic Thunder uh, and Robert Downey Tropic Jr. Thunder. No, not Tropic Thunder. Because no. I love that movie. Oh, but it was yeah, it was reincarnation, movie. but it was all the same actors. Oh, and so know. they wanted to, it was Tom it's, Hanks oh, and oh, Halle oh, Berry. Oh, uh, uh, Atlas, uh, Cloud, Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas, oh, thank you. I would you say go. with the- I saw Trop- that like nine times in the theaters. I love that film. <laughs> I think that was, that's one of the movies where number one, it's better than the book. Cause I actually read the book as well. But the whole point of it was that it was talking about how humans have shared experiences and how something that affects one person in one time can affect another person that you might never even meet in the future. Yeah. That was the whole point yeah, that they cool. had the same actors going through and playing, but then they trashed the movie. It ended up not doing well because the Rotten Tomatoes score wasn't great because they were using the same actors and they would have, you know, a European actor played an Asian character. And oh, that's right. That's and they right. Were going, I remember that. And they were going the other way around where an Asian actor was playing a European character, but my, it, that my, wasn't my, the point. My favorite thing was when I worked for Fusion, which was the ABC Univision joint venture, and Ghost in the Shell, the movie was coming out right, right. with uh, Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson, Johansson playing uh, Motoko uh, Kasanagi, or is it Kusanagi? Right, uh, and she's not Japanese. But you're, are you familiar, you're familiar with Ghost in the Shell? yeah, yeah. yeah. For those that aren't familiar, in the sci-fi world of Ghost in the Shell... But she's a you, robot. Exactly. Your your soul, your ghost, mm. could be transferred to a prosthetic body. So one of the themes is transhumanism. That, you, that you're literally... This, this woman was born Asian, and then when she was hit by a car or something, they transferred her consciousness into a prosthetic body, which was now ethnically ambiguous, or in the movie, played by Scarlett Johansson. So they were... So at Fusion... They all started going like, oh, this is good. We can write about this. This is going to be so, oh, man, how could they do that? And I was in there, and I'm like, oh, actually, it's the theme of, like, the show that you can transcend bodies and, and be whoever you want. It's actually fairly, fairly pro, like, you know. It's uh, kind of similar to Altered Carbon. It's, 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 it's right. It's, it's actually pro-social justice. It's, it's yeah. yeah. And they were right. like, no, no, they're getting a white actress to play a Japanese woman. I'm like, she's a robot. She's a prosthetic body. Also, Her ghost is, is in the Jumanji. show. Like, I mean, let's yeah, just the new Jumanji. Yeah, take, yeah. take it to Jumanji. Hey, you brought up Tropic Thunder. I want to point out Robert Downey Jr. Not in blackface in, in Tropic Thunder. He was not, the last guy to get no. away with it. That blackface <laughs> is a specific <laughs> art never, form. Never again. He was the last one. It's a specific art form called blackface where you have a circular uh, area of black on your face. It's not when you and they wore paint gloves. your entire skin and body. That's not yeah. blackface. Yeah, and they wore white hand gloves. Right. It's a specific art form called blackface. This other stuff is not blackface. But now it's become that. Well, it's That's not. They, like, well, this like, is the big was... thing in the new, um, and I was saying earlier that I'm reading the Ready Player Two, in which is the sequel to Ready Player One, 
where in the new version of the of the, uh, the the Oasis, which is this massive virtual reality network that everyone is using in the future, they've now come up with a new update for it, where instead of just logging in, no, you don't log in. It's basically Neuralink plus virtual reality. So that the new thing, it straight up chip in your brain, and that and that every experience you have in virtual reality, it's fully sensuous. All all of your senses are actuated in this, but you can also record things in real life and then this becomes a popular thing to do where you can go on to so sims are recordings of things in the simulation but wrecks are recordings of other people's experiences that so you can experience that you can their... experience and so if That's you want to get high on heroin uh, that which is actually something that the main character he ends up doing because it turns out his mother died of a heroin overdose but, so he never did heroin but he started to become interested what what is it like when i'm on heroin why did my mother go and do this why did she choose this life over living with me and it's this whole ca huge character thing so he ends up going and doing it and having that experience but without any of the physiological uh restrictions on it so instead of doing snarky or crazy i think we did a little bit of both we actually let, let, let's do let's do somewhat serious but more interesting we have this from entrepreneur.com cool neural link could begin testing human brain implants this year says elon musk implants grafted into the brain and spinal cord seek to be able to correct paralysis and cure alzheimer's now i'll just let me just say this dude the idea that we could neural link and repair the nerve damage from someone's spine and like give them the it's ability amazing. to walk so coolest cool. thing I've ever heard. But you want to know what is also very cool. Not as cool as helping those who are paralyzed, but up there. Elon Musk says Neuralink has wired up a monkey to play video yeah. games <laughs> using its mind. Similar, oh. yes. Look now, at this. Did he say which game it was, though? That's what yeah, I want to know. know. I'm hoping it was Mario Brothers. <laughs> Probably Minecraft. Mario Brothers or Mario Kart? <laughs> Mario Brothers, like the original. Where not you Mario Kart. They're not. A, we don't have the technology it's, for Mario. Do, do. Mario no, Brothers, no, the, yes. the original, original, original. It's Mario and Luigi, and you get to punch bricks. The one where you're fighting. That's the one Wait, where you punch bricks. The one where no, like no, the, no, no, the no. Turtles. Super Mario Bros. Super Mario Bros. Different than Mario Brothers. Brothers. Right. The first one's called Mario Brothers. Right. I'm talking about that's where you're actually fighting Luigi. Yes. Yeah, 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 you're, yeah, you're versus you're each other and the I'm, things are I'm coming out of the tubes on the sides. The monkey's playing a game where you get a dude to jump on turtles and crush them to death and punch bricks. That game is brutal. You can't punch bricks in Super Mario Brothers. Yes, you can. You, you headbutt them. You, you jump no, and hit them. That's not true. The animation punch is him. Mario jumping and raising his oh, fist you're right, and yeah. punching an the brick. It is up punch. Yes, when he jumps, his fist goes up and he punches the brick. Nerd check. Bro, <laughs> so is, that's canon. Is he's punching yes. the brick? Yeah, yes, that is. Wow. That's right. Why do you think wow. they give him punches in later games? I wonder how many people then, get that wrong on like who wants to be a millionaire. Oh, for sure, he's not wow, bashing indeed. his head. People think he has people, people also also think he's spitting fireballs. His hand goes up. Oh, he's no, no, I know he's throwing fireballs. Right, right, he's right. definitely throwing fireballs. So in in later games, <laughs> you can butt stomp and punch bricks straight up. Like in in the later Mario's, he actually can punch. But in the original, he runs and jumps. It's it's brutal game. You're running around as a dude punching brick boxes getting high and on shattering mushrooms, them. Getting high on mushrooms, yeah. punching uh -huh. bricks, stomping turtles. Okay. The game's crazy. Anyway, anyway. Lucas <laughs> is talking about the social conditioning of video yeah. games. <laughs> what does Mario Kart make what you did do? Mario What's the subliminal do? messaging <laughs> there? What's the you gotta message? save a princess. Yeah. Yeah. You know? True, yeah. They, when, you, when you're enlisting, they're like, what video game you played the most? And then they have like a unit of guys in like Call of Duty and they're like training for combat. And then they have people who said Super Mario Brothers and they're running around kicking turtles and, and doing <laughs> mushrooms. But okay, anyway, the news. You're the mushrooms stuff. are a telltale. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm, yeah, I'm, the monkey thing. Used to take a lot of the, mushrooms. And you Listen, take the mushroom and you grow. The yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a reference yeah. to Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it's Alice in Wonderland. True, yeah. And then going down the. 
Right. Don't yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know that. So the mushrooms was referenced to Alice in Wonderland. I'm gonna eat a muscaria. Yeah. It's the so, red so, and white mushroom. But this, let's get let's get let's get it's a little bit serious. You. We have oh, okay. this. This is check this out. Check this out. Elon Musk teased that. Neuralink could begin implanting computer chips later this year. Quote, Neuralink is working very hard to ensure implant safety and is in close communication with the FDA. If things go well, we may be able to do initial human trials later this year. The statement came in response to a comment from a user who asked him to participate in human testing or who asked. Yes, I was in a car accident 20 years ago, and since then I've been paralyzed from the shoulders. I am always available for clinical studies at Neuralink, wrote Hamoun Kamai on the social network. Dude, legit? Hook him up. Days before, Musk assured that Neuralink already has a laboratory monkey with a chip implanted in its skull. You can play video games with your mind, said the owner of SpaceX. The short-term goal of Neuralink, the Neuralink project is to solve brain and spinal injuries, while in the long term, it would seek human-slash-AI symbiosis. I'm not entirely sure what video game they're playing. They say, it's not an unhappy monkey. He said during a talk on Clubhouse. A new social media, we know what that is. You can't even see where the neural implant was put in, except that he's got a slight, a slight like dark mohawk. Hmm. The, uh, the billionaire who spoke about space travel, colonies, etc., said he was playing mind, they were playing mind pong with each other. That would be pretty cool. What's that? What's up? So it's pong. Pong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to figure out. Wow. That means that's rudimentary. Dude, I'm playing mind pong with you right now. What if, what if <laughs> you could, no, no, what, what if you can control, control the mouse on your computer? Click things, open things, pull up videos cool. just by thinking it. Like you won't even need a mouse pointer. You'll just know. You'll just point. You'll just click every. You'll be clicking it with your thoughts. So I have. Uh, I'm ready for AI to just take over. Let's just guys. Maybe you, they you already take did. It, take the keys. True, you know, yeah. we, we we already have shadowy cabals that are running our country. Yep. So just give let's it. Just, let's just hand did. it over. Yeah. Let's just hand it over. Skynet, what if, what, the T1000s. Let's do it. What if it happened a long time ago? What and, if we already? Yeah, we're already yeah. in that. Well, that's also simulation theory. Is uh, so. Would you? Are you going to get the Neuralink, Jack? I, plug me in, baby. Let's do it. For real? Plug me right in. No, I wouldn't do no it. No way. No? No way. I don't know. It's, it's, it's Unless if I was if I was in that situation where, God forbid, and you know, my wife always hates when I talk about hypotheticals. Don't say that. Don't say that. It's knock bad on luck, wood. You know? Yeah, knock on wood, right? It's Eastern Europe. But the, yeah, exactly. Exactly. He doesn't want me to do that ever. Yeah. But, sweetheart, if you're listening, <laughs> earmuffs. It's for entertainment. Earmuffs. Were I in that situation... Where I was paralyzed, having been in a car accident, when you hear those situations, yeah, I, mean, I would yeah. I would totally sign up to be one of the tests. I would absolutely do that. Just to be to put your wife at ease. It's like saying, if you were cold, would you put on a jacket? I mean, it's so obvious. Don't say that. I don't want to be cold. You I don't want to ever be cold. Of, Never again. I don't mean to interrupt No, you, I know. But no, you're exactly right. That's what. I, that's where I'm coming yeah. from. But she's like, don't even say it. Don't even say it. But think about right now, they're at the level of Pong, Right. Well, we were we were at Pong levels what forty years ago? Fifty fifty what was it when when did Pong come out? Seventies. Yeah, I think it was the seventies. Yeah, so 70s. so about forty or so years ago we got we had Pong come out. Now we have virtual reality, you know, Skyrim and in, in, in you know, hundred and twenty frames or whatever, you got a really good computer. And you can actually go into VR worlds and draw the bow and the and the graphics are way better. Not like Skyrim has the best graphics in the world, I'll be honest. But uh, video games have come a long way. Where is Neuralink video game technology gonna be in forty or fifty years? Are you gonna be able to plug in and then experience like you were mentioning with the Rex in in well in this that that's ready two. player one and two that's the whole world is and they they actually get into the morality of it how 
for people that might be low income, for people in poverty, it's actually, this is the main character. He grows up living in these like a uh, trailer park in the Midwest that for him, it's an escape from the ennui of his, his daily existence that he's, I know, right? $12 yeah, right love there. It. Love that, it. That's one of the SAT <laughs> words that he's able to get into. And now in, but in, in this world, you're, you know, you're the star of your own universe. You can go visit castles and nights and everything. I whereas mean, you're look, living in the slums. Look, in real look, life. Let's be real. Like, you know, I, I run this show. I've got a bunch of channels called Timcast, a bunch of followers and awesome people who watch. It's true. I would still much love to be, I still play Skyrim. I just started, I started a new Skyrim run down on some mods. I'd, I'd love to plug in and just go to a magical world and be some random dude throwing fireballs at dragons, man. Dude, That'd be fun. We're going to get advanced enough where you can be game, you can be playing Skyrim right now and still having this conversation. One eye is like spazzing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you probably have like 17 video, you probably have like 70 video games going at once. And as you're having a conversation, it's, yeah, it's going to allow us to. All, okay, assuming you're fine and no, nothing bad happens, all good because you're probably going to be fine. Um, will you get the Neuralink if it seems to work and five years go by and people start getting it and they get like superhuman intelligence and um, interoperability, telepathy? With internet? Yeah, seemingly. I just no, I, I because when I hear stories about Time Mag. And when I hear stories about the the moneyed powers work together to ensure the proper outcome, I just don't. I think of all the ways that this could be abused. I think of all the ways Viruses. that right, right, right. Yes, not just too. from you know the elite, quote unquote, but from you know just any bad actors that want to get involved with this thing or get into this thing. You know, could you imagine getting brain hacked? Like it's a thing. Please do not brain hack me. Please do not brain. When you guys have your brain chips, by the way, yeah, any any tweets of mine that people don't like, I was brain hacked. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was. What I if know, you could like hacked. control totally animals brain. with your brain hacking, though? You know, they have to implant the, the animals too, but you probably could. They, they can remote control cockroaches. You ever see that? Ew. Yeah. So they they uh, they can remote they they put, put, can put a thing on a cockroach that affects its Why? sensory. Can you do a lot of them at once? Because I can think of bro, a lot of people bro. I'd like to send. Remote they can remote. Cockroaches they they can remote control humans. They did it. They did a test where they were able to shift the sense of balance through equilibrium. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, I so you have to go in a certain direction. So you feel like you're falling, right? And Jeez. so you start moving to try and to try to compensate. Yep. And they're like, they're laughing and like you put on a headset or something, dude. It crazy stuff is on the horizon, man. Back in 2011, I me me and some friends bought a consumer grade. It's called an electro electroencephalogram. Or uh, an EEG, I think it's called. As you do. A headband. As one does, yes. It's a headband, and it's got a thing that goes in your head, and it yeah, measures brain waves. Yeah. Right. And so, what? This, this is this is crazy. We we uh, opened up a program that can detect the brain waves, and then we, me and my friend, we put it on, and you try to control the wave to make it go up and make it go down. What? And it's like random, and we couldn't do it. And I was like, I don't believe this is legit. I can't believe it works. We gave it to his sister, and she was like, so you want me to make it go up? And it went straight up. And we were like, whoa. And she goes, and now make it go down? And it went down. And we were like, whoa, how do you do that? And she was like, I just thought to make it happen. Like, And it took her no time at all to figure it out. What we wanted to do was make a, a, a mind-controlled drone. But because of the limitations of the EEG we had, it only had two two, ax uh, ax two axes. axes? Yeah, axes. 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 Yeah. So we could make it rotate. And go up and down. And I was like, that's all we need. The problem, if I put it on, I could not control it because my brain is like, I don't understand this. It would be like if you've never gone skateboarding, you stand on a skateboard, you're like, you're going to fall. 
So if we could actually get to the point, the technology is still easily available. If not, it's been dramatically upgraded in the past 10 years. But we, we, we theoretically had the tech because all you had to do was write a simple code to synchronize their existing consumer technology showing the wave going up and down with the function of increasing and decreasing power to the drone's rotors. And that was not through an implant. You just had to put it on like a headband and you could make that happen and then control a drone. We, we, you, you, you could theoretically think like the, the, the plan was this. It's all possible. You would think to go up or down, it could go up and down, and then you would think to spin, and it would spin in one direction. So then you could, like, aim it and then come down and then go up and then rotate kind again. Kind like moving your body around. Like, you think that your hands, like, that's it's, how we it's, move it's, our bodies. It's, it's a thought process. Right. It's, the weird thing is, though, we can feel ourselves when we move stuff. And when you grab something, you can feel its interaction with your muscles. Like, let's say you're holding a, a bat or a sword. It, it feels like an extension of you because it... It, 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 all of the senses in your arm, it's shifting the weight. It's putting pressure on this point of this muscle. This muscle's tightening and you can feel the weight and control it. And in fact, humans do this with cars. There was, I was reading a, a study. Called? That's, that's muscle memory. What you're talking about that, that once you, it's, once you've done it enough times, you don't think about but, it. But anymore. it's, but what I'm trying to say is it's some, there's, there's something different where humans, when they use tools, it becomes an extension of their body in the mind. The right. mind actually says, I understand this is here and how long it is. The same thing is true with cars. That's why you, I don't know if this, this is true for everybody, but I was reading when you're driving a car, you have no problem drinking. When you're a passenger in a car, you're like spilling and it's like hitting you because you don't know what's going to happen. You're, wow. you have no control of the tool. Same with hitting the brakes and stuff. Right. Now think about this. It's like you get car sick when you're a passenger and not you're driving. Exactly. The, the, one of the challenges of controlling a drone with your mind is that you can't feel anything about it. It's all visual. So you're looking at it and in order to make it do the right thing, you have to see it do it. You don't feel it. Like I can feel myself pick something up. I don't need to see it. My brain instantly understands and it knows the weight, knows balance, everything. The drone, I, I have no idea. I could not be looking at it. I had no idea what's going on. So it's, it's, it's all, it's, it's, it's much more difficult. Uh, I digress, however. The neural link technology is, is, I think a lot of people look at that and assume we have to have implants in order to have this kind of tech. No, we could drive a car with a headband. You, 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 you theoretically get to a point where we have multiple nodes and you just put a, a hat on. Or a tattoo. Well, I'm saying nothing implantable. Yeah, I'm saying a literally a like neck. a wearable. And then it just can, you know, a wearable on your head. A, a tattoo is permanent. Like I'm talking about tattoo. It doesn't have to be permanent. But I'm, I'm saying you wouldn't, you wouldn't need that. You'd get in your car, you'd sit down and then there would just be a thing. You just, you just put it on your head and then you go, you drive. Well, I get the Neuralink. And, and it would give you the sensory perception of the drone. Like it would be able to feed into your brain what the drone's experiencing. The, these so far are read only. It's reading yeah. activity coming out of your brain, not putting anything into it. That's what the, 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 the issue with, uh, Neuralink is. It's, it's what, what, what do they say? It's read only? Yeah. As far as I know, like when I saw the pig demonstration, it was read only. And, and the monkey playing Pong is read only. Like right, basically. Your, your brain has no sensations of its own, right? Indeed. You can't actually feel it. That's what it would, you don't need to do. You anesthetize when you're doing brain surgery for, for the actual brain organ in, itself. In order to get to the point where we would be at risk. Well, you could be at risk for in a lot of ways with an implant, but in order to get to the point where you could have like, a video game in your mind you experience through Neuralink, we would need write, writable technology. I'm not sure that's going to be possible because everyone's brain is different. It's not the same code. It's a very, very similar code, but it's a, it's, they're all unique structures that are. That's actually, that's, we mentioned that's a huge thing in Ready Player Two where, um, the company has to sign over, make you sign all sorts of waivers before you get in and there's a 12 hour time limit. Um, but then also that apparently uh, there's a lots of people that hooked up to it that jacked in 
and they just their synapses got completely overloaded and so they've had to try very carefully to like make the company is like make, so they make this go away right uh totally spasmodic um you know seizures catatonic don't ruin the movie is it out it's not, it's not a movie it's a book no, it's, it's oh. the sequel to uh ready player one yeah ready player one was a book they made a movie and now there's a sequel ready to play ready player and two. so and it's, it's really really good because it gets into all this and but they you know did everything they could to try to make it go away and they canceled all the recordings of it and you know they, they can bribe every politician so you know there's no worry about the laws or regulations because they know everything about you already because everyone who signed in or your family members are signed in you know you have blackmail on everybody can you could you imagine there's like uh, you know elon musk has this factory or this like warehouse laboratory and then like deep in like level six sub basement there's people like strapped in against their will with like oh neural neural link in their brains they're happy they're like, no they're totally happy no 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 no, no, no. they're they're it's like you ever, you ever see batman the animated series where the people are scared but smiling because of the joker's gas yeah, yeah. that's what it's like they're like <laughs> it's like this weird creepy face and Elon where, just walks up is everyone enjoying the game everyone's happy how is your yes. how is your ride in the Tesla Roadster? Is it going well? And you're like, <laughs> the windows are impenetrable. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, what about what about you, Tim? How are you feeling about the, getting the Neuralink these days? It's, yeah, would you get to do it? You you want the headband? That's what you want. Well, the headband's nice <laughs> the for beanie. controlling things. Or you feel it'd be a beanie? The yeah, beanie. The, yes, the, the, the beanie, neural yes. the neural beanie. Uh, <laughs> The problem, the, 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 I would say right now, new merch available. Timcast.com. The neural beanie. I'm not. I'm not immediately averse to Neuralink. Lydia, write that down. I will yeah, I say, however, I it. Th- th- we have to come a long way to ensure safety on Neuralink. So it's not going to happen in ten years. You know, Elon Musk might do trials on it now. The first thing we'll end up seeing is if he can actually transmit uh, information. Just it, it doesn't have to be a specific code. It just has to be able to transfer information between nerves. He can repair people who have paralysis. And then what happens is uh, when the nerve's damaged, you no longer can move, right? Even repairing it, you have to relearn because your brain's trying to figure out that pathway to communicate with with that part of the body. So even if Elon creates something that can create a, a link between, you know, neurons, then people will have to relearn how to walk. That's going to be the first thing we see before there's anything else. That'll be interesting. Partly because... How will you connect to it to control it? Will it be an internal device with no connectivity, just a simple, you know, powered by the brain, electrical impulses, and that's it? Or will it have to have a battery in it? Will it have a Bluetooth connection? Because we have seen in the past decade, there, there, I think, I, I'm not sure if it happened to anybody, but I think someone may have been assassinated because they had a, a pacemaker, what? which was like Bluetooth or that something. That does sound right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's like stories of people who have internal electronics, either like an electronic pancreas system or a pacemaker. And people can hack into it using its Terrifying. like because I think I think I was reading a story about pacemakers having a signal so that doctors can connect and then collect information and see how things are going. Someone could break into that and then change that you know that system and then kill you. So what would happen if, the, if there's anything I know about humanity is that there is no system that anyone can design that someone else will not figure out how to reverse engineer. But this is the thing. Uh, Tim keeps bringing up, we're not smart enough to do this, but we're also forgetting that, you know, human beings are building concepts like artificial intelligence and quantum computing that are way smarter, that are way more proficient, that could calculate problems way faster than a human being could figure out and could be way more intelligent than the average human being could be, and they could figure it out. And they could give us just new kind of technology or twist it or use it in some kind of way for 
the artificial intelligence personal benefit. So that's also another spectrum here that we would be foolish not to think about, since, of course, there is an artificial intelligence race happening right now with Amazon, with Facebook, with Elon Musk, with Vladimir Putin, with China, all racing for what people are calling the next big nuclear weapon that, of course, will be weaponized, will be used for the personal benefit of some individuals, but with an intelligence that's smarter than us, uh, that's that's dangerous territory because look at what we do to things that are less intelligent than us. Well, this is yeah. what gets into right. This is what gets into the singularity, right? When yeah. machines overcome, and this is every sci-fi book, novel, etc., where eventually the machines decide we don't need you. With the with the, I, I will say the notable exception of her, where the AIs just leave. That was a, such a creepy movie. Yeah, it was so creepy. I remember watching. Dude, that. Battlestar Galactica, sad man. Like like just the just the the intro episode where you have these planets all these different planet colonies and you could live on a bunch of different planets and then the, the the cylons just come and like wipe out the entire civilization it's like that's so brutal man because you that's took our birthright from us yeah that's I mean, history that that's when you look at history it's you know the the burning of uh, alexandria the the destruction the, you know, yeah. the, the, the destruction of, of so much knowledge has been wasted away and so much and some of it has been protected and we should always protect it at all costs yeah there's um that uh, that I don't know what the word is perpetuity of uh, humans to seek out and destroy other life forms like to actually look for them and find them to destroy them is like that's real that's part of the humanity so I would imagine that any programs we build are gonna are gonna also be able to do that right because again the, the, this is the garbage in garbage out right any AI will initially come from a human. Right. So any any of our own biases and, it's gonna be and not good. idiosyncrasies yep. and flaws are all going to be built into it. Yep. We, and there's no way around wow. that. Ego. With that being said, we should throw it to the super chat. Yes. So if you haven't already, leave a super chat, but like, subscribe to the notification bell and head over to TimCast.com. Become a member for exclusive members only content. Some people have asked, is there ever going to be sponsors or ads or anything? No. Members only content has no ads, no sponsors. It is straight, clean, unfiltered, right. uncensored, a lot of cussing. And that is for you guys. We're not going to do any promo stuff. It'll always just be clean and, and, and ready to go. That's at TimCast.com. We got a cool uh, segment up about new technology and maybe a major breakthrough. And we'll, we will probably have another bonus segment coming up later. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, stick around and we'll see what happens. But let's take some of these super chats. We got Mickey the Fourth saying, yesterday I was a guest on a channel called Radical Liberation. To talk about what happened in Chech, uh, Chechia? Chechia? Chechnya. Chechnya? Yeah. No, well, there's, there's no, no N. N. Yeah. It says Chechia. Maybe you mean Chechnya? After communism. I think it is vital to understand the lasting effects and what it, uh, what it is that comes after. Give it a watch and share if you can. Thanks, guys. Cool. Maybe it's a place I'm not familiar with. Bringer of D says Canada officially declares Proud Boys a terror organization. Finance minister now considering massive tax hikes to cover $10 million, $10 million payments to individual members. Wait, what? Huh. To individual members of, of the ministry or of the Proud Boys? Oh, he says JK. Oh, I, oh, I get there it. There's go. the joke. All right. Jose Diaz says, Tim, how long until the U.S. starts looking like so many dystopian movies? Because so far, to me, it's looking like V for Vendetta without V. How long until? What do you mean? Go back a year. Like, we've been locked down for a year. 
People are walking around terrified of a, of this pandemic. Now they're wearing two masks. What's well, actually? Buttigieg wears two masks. I would say it even beyond V for Vendetta. I think it's more like Dark City. If people remember that one, mm-mm, mm-mm. where Dark City was this is sort of the original Matrix, where your history, your memories are rewritten every night, and every night at one point, I think it's at midnight, everybody falls asleep, and then the you know the the ancients run out rewire your memories reform the city they actually change the streets you could be rich one day and then you wake up and you're like you know in a bathtub of like a slum or you're in the bath you're at the kitchen table in you know a beater and you're yelling over some some cheap dinner but then you wake up and you're in a mansion right but the idea also is that they've plugged into your mind all the memories that would give you up until that point and so there's this one scene of the movie where the main character is trying to figure out When's the last, do you remember the last time you had a steak? Yeah. But when was the last time you actually had it? Can you remember the specific time and the date? That's what we're getting to with a lot of these lockdowns. It's like, can you remember what life was like prior to, but when did they start? What was the day that it started? What was the actual time? When was the last time you did this? When was the last time you did that? Two weeks. Right, two, two weeks, weeks yeah. right, two right. weeks. Or it's just, it's, it's, no, it'll be done in two weeks. It'll be done in two weeks. I mean, to be completely honest, we live in the middle of nowhere, so Doesn't once matter. you get away from the city, it's meaningless. Yeah, actually out here, yeah. it's probably not as bad, but in, I've been in D.C. the entire time, and it's, I'm having trouble remembering when the last time I walked down the street, Jeez. like with my family, on a regular, unmasked D.C. day was. I was, uh, I, I was super excited, because today, I was able to hit, I think it's a six-inch target, from a hundred yards with my comp- with my uh, compound bow, it took me like awesome. thirty tries though. So it's not like I'm good. It was just a really great feeling where I was this tiny six inch target from like a hundred yards, and I was shooting and missing and missing. And it was the last arrow, and it was funny because the arrow was like kind of broken, so I actually missed, and the arrow still ended up hitting it. But I'll take it. Oh, so anyway, I, 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 now the oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, no, no. It hit I'm the target. Testing that. It hit the target. Sure it did. By accident. But it the wasn't... arrow hit the target, but did Tim hit the target? Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Anyway, the point <laughs> well is, said. I go out in the yard, no mask, trees everywhere. Right. There's birds making Normal. weird noises. There's one bird that sings that Muse song <laughs> yes. from, from uh, it's Still, called Pressure. Huh? Yeah, well, they're everywhere. I don't know what the bird's called, but there's a bird that, that like, it's, its song sounds Those like Those are drones. Muse. So we're just like, there's, there's one, the there, there was, hold on, like, yeah, there was one bird, lonely. there was one bird that yells cool. and it sounds like a person yelling. Yes. And so I'm going out with, Wilhelm. with, with the bow and I'm like getting ready. And then I hear a, ah, and I'm yeah. like, somebody there, I'm, I'm shooting air. Do you need aid? Ah, I'm like, uh, what? cause it's middle of nowhere, man. Right. I'm like, there's nobody out here. I've been like not fully desensitized to the masks yet. Cause I've been living kind of out here working from home and I'll see videos of people these crowds of people and they're all wearing masks and it makes me angry like when i see obese people that are eating bad food when like it's like just they're like and i get that same kind of like like helpless rage or hopeless like what have we become why are we doing this and so i'm like and it's like shuddering bro i had a buddy in miami uh texted me today that he was getting into an Uber and the driver lost his mind on him because he wasn't double masked. What? And no he started scre- and he started screaming. He said the driver started screaming that there's been a presidential order oh. and President Biden has put this down and everyone has to be double masked. And he, th- he threw him out of the car well, for, not th- double for not double masking. Wow. Why not triple masking? Why not triple triple masking? Just be- oh, I got good news. Just I, got, I got really good news. I don't know if I should announce it. 
Maybe you, made I should. A, you made a mask that has two masks in one. No, those space helmet astronaut helmets they made officially got sent out a couple days ago. Woo! Have you seen them? No. It is this glass dome that you and you put the thing over your head and it and it rests on your neck. Like Bioshock. Like Bioshock. I'm gonna, and I'm it's got, fart it's in got one. fans <laughs> in it. No, it's got air filters. The big brothers. Dude, and I'm like, there's like a, the, the guy who invented it, you know, look, more power to the guy for trying to work on inventing something. But everyone said the same thing when I tweeted about it. They said, what happens if you sneeze? <laughs> it's just glass in front of you. So you like sneeze and, and it's just like everywhere. Like, what do you Ew. do? Quickly lift it up and go Bleh, and spray, you know. But you now know you're I mean? dead from COVID. Dude, yeah. I'm so excited to get these. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, you fun. ordered a bunch of them? I ordered two. Nice. I ordered two. So we're going to, we'll film with them and we'll like, we'll do, we'll, we'll go out wearing them and see how people react. It'll be hilarious. Okay. We'll, we'll be like at a, at a restaurant just yeah. sitting there like with like, well, a how do you eat? How do you eat? We'll, we'll, we'll get South no, 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 no. Park. Here's, they here's had a the theory that you could put food through the opposite. Right. Uh, right. No, no, no. Here's the plan. Here's the plan. I want to go to a restaurant wearing That's a healthy them, way. And I want to get someone else with me and we'll order food, but just sit there staring. Blindly, <laughs> yeah. Never. Not moving. And the food just sitting in front of us and not touching. <laughs> hey, you like need like a third person with 20, a camera on the other yeah. table. Right. Just for 20 minutes to see how people react to us. Just like <laughs> blank, blank faces. Just sitting there with these things on. Yeah. Not eating. Can or or, or yeah. we can actually take the food and just like hit the glass and then just like <laughs> we'll have to take out like YouTube ad space and run that. <laughs> can we put Ian in a bubble? <clears throat> For some reason, I'm I see like it. Bubble Boy popping in there, <laughs> coming Ian. in. As long as we get the bubble, yeah, let's do it. Let's let you know what we should do. Just going down the sidewalk in your bubble. Yeah. We should we should no we should get one of those bubbles at like the violent. Who, 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 what's that band that does that? that the Flaming Lips. The Flaming Lips. There you go. But you have to be extremely you upset. Know. And intolerant when you see no, no, people but... who are unbubbled. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you, you, you know, where is your bubble? A, a lot, a lot of people say. Haven't you read the science? A lot of people say that in the future it's gonna, it's going to be like Fahrenheit 451, Brave New World 1984. I say they're all wrong. The future is going to be like Bubble Boy. Yep. Remember that movie? Did yeah. you see the movie? Yeah, no. that's the future. Bubble you didn't Boy. see it? No, no, I didn't see it. Funny all right, movie. right, we got to take more super chats. Remember the Seinfeld episode? We got. Remember that. Acme Product says, I'm shocked that Time Story was published. It's too good to be true. It's too perfect. It is. When was the last time you saw the media describe how the wealthy and powerful conspire? I have an ominous feeling about it, like some sort of trap. Thoughts? My thoughts are that they feel so confident in their victory, knowing that nothing can be done about this. That the after everything they feared, the, 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 the worst thing that happened was a bunch of like middle-aged Trump supporters, bumbled, you know, be, bewildered and befuddled, walking around the Capitol building and then leaving. It's like that was it. Who who will go after those people? All those oh, they're, court they're gonna, cases were thrown out. Like what? what I think they feel what, confident. What, 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 like what, what people? All the people in the cabal that they're talking about. Like well, look, look in look. their minds, who's kind of coming? Who's coming after what us? You need to, Let's what, just make it known, and then we can just keep doing it over and over again. And this is the test. They're, they're, the story from the cabal is not about court cases. It's about how they changed the rules the year leading into the election, which is what I've been but, saying over and over. But again. like anyone that would have what he's saying after is there's them, no, there's no check. Right. There's no yeah. check on right. any of this. So of why not take Correct. credit for it now? Well, so uh, the it's, we're, remember, we're t this didn't run until two weeks after the inauguration. Yep. There's they're, no possible check. They're, they're, they're really testing us. This no, I it. think they're I, testing the world right now. Well, as Michael Malice said, some very bad people got data on what people are willing to tolerate. Yep. That's Michael Malice. It's a tolerance test. Yep. Well, I, and my, my response is it kind of feels like they're hitting us as much as like they're they're doing things to us to see like how we respond as if we're like mice in a in a, la in a maze like if if there was like a huge backlash and then people started going after legals they'd just be like no no it wasn't true 
that time thing wasn't true. Yep, it was fake news and everyone fell for it. Today they're like, let's tell them we fortified it and then tell them we're going to drone bomb them for believing it. That's literally what they're doing today. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite memes from, I think it was at some point in 2020, where it was was, uh, the lizards who control the simulation apologize and say they're going to turn everything back to 2015. We're sorry. (laughs) We just wanted to see how you would react. (laughs) All right, we got a couple more. We got, uh, let's see. Oh, I got cut off. There we go. Tommy. Dorgarian says, shout out for my company, Level Ride Concepts in Salem, Oregon. $25 member here. Amazing content. Ooh. Thank you for being a member at TimCast.com. Thank you. We have another one here. What do we got? Bo- uh, Blob, Monster says, I want- Blob Monster says, I want to apologize to Ian for being mean to him. I listened to him last night talking about his troubles. He is a product of his abuse. Uh, thank you. All right. Well, there you go. I guess. You're probably right about that. Daniel Maxwell says, I see you got Jack Posobiec on, the man who could not meet the challenge of getting the receipts on a person when he was challenged to do so. He still does good journalism. What is that about? I no idea. Kind of too vague. I have the receipts yeah. on everybody. Yeah, Spork Witch has a question for you, Jack. Ooh. Jack, how can we hold true to our oaths, USAF vet, at this point? It feels like any action taken would be suicide. They've done, they've done everything possible to disarm us, keep us from communicating, and eliminate our income. And it all seems to be accelerating. I would say that... I come to this from the perspective of, look, when I took my oath to serve the military, serve the country, that he's referring to the, the, the military oath, you know, we, we'd swear an oath to serve the Constitution and not any particular government or politician. But now I'm a family guy. Yeah. I've, I've got my wife, I've got my kids, and I wake up every day and I think I live for them now. That I, mean, I live to make sure that they're going to be okay and that they're going to be set up for success going forward. And my, my time is starting to end my time. I mean, I'm not an old guy or anything, but How you, you see that I'm 36. Huh. So you see that, but you see that your, your, your children will eventually, you know, kind of, but take look, you, you've got a, over a million Twitter followers. You know, you, you put out information, people follow that. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're doing something that's having a serious impact. Right. Right. And people need to understand that if, if you really want to right, you know, going back though, he, you know, but he was asking me a personal question. So I was answering pretty in a personal way, but as far as the actual turning back the system, this is a 30 year project. It took a very yeah. long time for things to get this bad. And I hope people understand that you can't have, you're not just going to find one esoteric law and walk it into a courtroom somewhere and get one judge. It's not going to be like that, folks. It's going to be a long slog. We're going to chip it's, away at I, all of this corruption. That's how it works. It's never going to be, you know, you wake up one day and it all goes away. I think there's actually one really simple solution. And it's that not enough people in whatever space we're in are speaking up. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. The the reason they control the narrative, the reason why so many ignorant people remain ignorant is because too many people are scared of being canceled and won't speak up. Yeah. There's not enough people doing what you are doing and, and tweeting or, or any one of us in tweeting and putting out videos and putting out stories. There are a lot of regular people who hear things and know things and aren't engaging in the culture the same way the left does. The left goes on Twitter and brigades and mass reports and flags people. They get jobs at news organizations and they take them over and then they push this narrative and not enough people are countering that. That's Mm -hmm. it. We're like nodes on a network and every human is a node. And if the node doesn't light up when it receives the information to pass the out, the the transaction breaks down. So we need to light up. And it it is as simple in a lot of ways as just retweeting or sharing information. 
a lot of times with your own explanation. Yeah, and I always say this is. to people as well that, look, if you've got a normie job out there, don't use your real name on social media, please, for the love of God, right? Yes. You know, keep be being smart. out there, be smart, you know, don't don't have this, you know, chest beating moment of I need to say this on Facebook or care what my boss says. No, it matters what your boss thinks. You don't get fired. Yeah. You'll get in trouble for some political thing. But at the same time, be out there. And if you can find a specific instance where you can get one person to wake up and read this Time magazine article, print it out for people. I wish they would print it out and put it on every seat at the impeachment trial, which is coming yeah. up next week, by the way, and say, look, they threw this guy off of social media for saying these things. They claim that him saying this was an incitement to violence. But when Time Magazine comes out and Molly Ball prints the exact same uh, facts. Is it Trump was right? The exact she same facts. She says Trump facts. was right. It says, it, it says in a way Trump was right. It is a right. gloating personing of something look when did you did you see that mark elias the democratic lawyer is now arguing yeah. that the voting machines right he actually lost tended. that by the way he actually lost that i just saw the, the headline but he it, lost that case good it's absurd that the democrats would scream trump's lying and then make the same argument I, i'm not i'm not surprised and there's no point and, and there's no point in in going oh it's a double standard we know we know they have no shame we know they cheat we know they lie now what boring yeah now what you, in, it, well, it, well, we need to realize that they rule by fear, consent, and self-censorship. A lot of what they do is to incentivize you not knowing the rules so then they could have this chilling effect. We don't know what we can and cannot say on YouTube many of the times. The rules are vague. We don't know why right. people get punished. We don't know why people get demonetized, censored, kicked off, deleted off social media. We don't know. There's no official conversation or dialogue, and I think it's done on purpose so we keep everyone in line because everyone's waiting until they get hit. Some people get hit for the most obvious reasons. Some people get hit for the most non-obvious reasons, and you're left here wondering and confused and scared, and that's exactly how they want you. All right, so we uh, we got another one from Gareth Green. He says, I cover my ears, I close my eyes, I still hear your voice, and it's telling me lies. Linda Thompson. I have a mixture of anger and despair today, partly because of the obvious, but also Andrew Sullivan's beautiful piece on the woke attack on the classics. Read it. It was really hard for me to work all day because I woke up to seeing this story, and it was picking up steam, and I read it, and I couldn't think about anything else. The Time Magazine story huh. saying, yeah, we did it. We did it, so what? And I'm like, okay. I got to I got to produce a bunch of different stories and I got to sit down and read the news and I couldn't think of anything else. And so I'm like, man, I'm not going to do just I actually wanted to break this down and remind me of something you were saying, but I think it'll go to this question. So in intelligence services, there's three types of operations. There's um, overt, covert and clandestine. And people get covert and clandestine confused a lot. They use them interchangeably, but they're not actually interchangeable. So overt operations, everybody knows what that is. That's, you know, we invaded somewhere and here they are and they're walking on the street and they're invading. Covert operations means uh, Zero Dark 30 is probably the, the biggest, you know, most easy example of that. That's a, a black op. They went in, they got Bin Laden, they got out, right? But everybody knows who did it. Everybody yeah. after the fact, right, knows what happened, knows who did it. A clandestine operation, and this is where CIA and predominantly operates, this is where an operation takes place, a change is made somewhere in the world, and yet no knowledge of the operation exists. There's, you don't even know that an operation took place, and they measure success by getting in, getting out, and nobody knows that an operation ever happened, right? So... That, when I read the Time Magazine piece, I said, oh, this was a clandestine op that they're now coming forward on. So yeah. they're now coming forward to claim credit to say, and different people that I worked with used to take pride in that. They used to say, for for the deed, not the glory. 
that actually used to be a phrase for the deed, not the glory, because you were doing something, even though you knew you weren't getting credit for it. For these folks, they want the glory. Remember when Biden said he had the largest voter fraud organization in history or whatever? Mm -hmm. Not Freudian. They said in the Time Magazine piece that they recruited armies of poll workers. One thing you actually didn't mention yet, towards the end of that Time Magazine piece, they point out that towards the end of election day, they decided to not, and I'm paraphrasing, they decided to not send activists into the streets. And people were asking, why didn't anything happen after November 3rd? Because we decided not to send the signal to our activists to not go out and march. So are they talking about like the left wing, Antifa, BLM, BLM groups that, you know, people always kind of suspect sort of pop up and are switched on and off at certain times that are you actually admitting that you do control those groups and the timing of when and where they commit their actions? Yeah. Speaking of, have there been many Antifa and Black Lives Matter riots relative to what was before January 5th? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Portland, Seattle yeah. for the main part, but that's about it. What would have happened if Trump would have won? What kind of protest would if have Trump, happened then? Well, I think Massive. that what they're actually saying in the Time Magazine piece, if the, you know, the inverse of what they're saying is, had Trump had a greater turnout, then they would have activated these marchers, these militants, these activists to go out into the streets and, to use the vernacular, incited uh, people going out and contesting the election. Let's read some more super chats here. We to, got to protect democracy. I want to be very clear. Of to course. protect yes. democracy. To uh, fortify like a multivitamin. That's right. We have Mr. Hunt yes. here. Mike says Russia hoax doesn't lead to violence, but questioning the integrity of the election does. We absolutely 100% live in a fascist state now. Those that claim to have been fighting against it were fighting for it. That's a fact. Like I, I, I called out some of these people earlier today. The people who are cheering on Antifa, destroying small businesses and attacking regular Americans, and then cheering on the military coming in and occupying D.C., it's like, okay, if you're cheering for the destruction of the working class and then supporting the establishment machine sending the military to D.C., like, you're in favor of the authority, dude. Like, what do you think's going on? The uh, the Berlin Wall for the entire— no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The anti-fascist protection I, rampart. I was going to say, yeah, course, I was going to yes. say, yeah, for the—I uh, get into this and in doing an Antifa book. A little plug um, pretty soon here. But that for the entirety of its, of its history was known in official documentation as the anti-fascist rampart— of East Germany. Oh, okay. You're, that, that was your point. That was my point. My point oh, was, I, yeah. I thought you were going to be talking about the Berlin Wall, but I wanted you to call right, it right. its official name. Right. That, the that, anti-fascist protection. So rampart. anti-fascism actually became sort of the state religion of East Germany and that they sort of morphed everything that the Third Reich did into West Germany. And then in their telling, the United States and the UK and Canada were supportive of this continuation of fascism that they were just a different type of fascism they were capitalist social fascism this gets into uh, the actual rise of antifa and the communist party in weimar germany they just never stopped actually saying those beliefs right this all yep. goes back so yep. anti-fascism from its start was not actually about being anti-fascist it's anarcho-communist right all right we got one for you jack this this, this one's a serious question from david bowie's um, I'm not going to read the full name. He says, for Agent Poso, Poso uh-huh. I said that foreign terror org that Antifa was training with YPG were CIA assets and guarded uh, and guarded our military installations. You blocked me on Twitter. Can you please unblock me or educate me why I'm wrong? Uh, well, they 
perhaps I would have to go back and look at the contest of maybe it looked like you were you were coming back at me, you know, uh, for something like that. I'd obviously look at the exact interaction, but it is truthful that YPG. This was an organization, a Curtis militant organization that did have U.S. support at one point. We're also on the other side turning around and financing, funding and training Antifa who had come over from Western Germany and North America to participate in their operations. And one of them, uh, this guy, Daniel Allen Turner, was just arrested in Florida for planning an attack on the Florida Capitol on Inauguration Day 2021. He also he states that, you know, we're, we still need to investigate this. He states that he was part of the militant um, gun, the armed guards up at Chaz in Seattle during the oh, summer wow. of 2020. And from his own Twitter feed says that he was involved in one of the shootings that took place in Chaz. Wow. So this is a guy that, again, going off of all of his own statements, says that he was in YPG, that he was in Syria, that he came back, that he used what he learned on the battlefield in Chaz, then finally got picked up by the FBI planning an attack on the Florida Capitol. Wow. Here's something interesting. Pims the Great says two man crew manned machine guns come in 556, 762 and 338. Oh, there you go. 338 or do you mean 308? No, 308 and 762 are basically the same, same thing. thing. I guess, it, you know, I was some guy was telling me never to put a 308 and a 762 because the pressure is different. But a lot of people were just like, ah, it's the same thing. They don't care. I, yes and no. Huh. Conclusive. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> okay. Full full metal, mental alchemist says, Tim, Saitama is a great character, but Moomin Rider is the best one on One Punch Man. Moomin has no powers at all, but still does everything he can to be a hero, regardless of fame. Batman versus Superman. That is that is, that is correct. Moomin Rider is one of the best heroes. Probably, I'd say Saitama is my favorite character. But you know what? Yeah, I think Moomin Rider. Are, are you guys familiar with One Punch Man? No, no, not even a little bit. Right. Yeah. About. The, the very, very simple gist of it. One Punch Man is basically an all powerful god. Like the, the the theme of the anime is that he's this like un you know. He's just like this silly looking guy, but he, he can defeat anybody. No one can stop him. He can jump to the moon. He's just all powerful and he's kind of dumb, but uh, he's, a, he's a good guy and he wants to be this great hero, but they kind of treat him poorly. Moomin Rider is a class C hero who's just a guy who rides, rides a bike around and wants to be a hero. But the point is he gets into a fight with this really big monster and is being beaten mercilessly, but he refuses to stop because he's trying to defend other people, stop them from getting killed. So even though he knows he's going to die, he, he he does it. Whereas Saitama just walks up and flicks the guy and, you know, he's got no fear. Superman versus Batman. It's a good point. Right. Huh? Coldy <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's great, man. Of course. It's, it's good. Coldy Locks production says Star Wars was about watching out for corruption and fascism and government manipulation. And when Disney got a hold of it, they tried to feminize and corrupt it to their narrative. Mm. Eddie Johnson asks, what does Jack think of Snowden? You know, Snowden's someone that I, I would have to say that I've I've had a journey on, Assange too, really, that, you know, I'm a guy who, you know, people say, are you part of the deep state, Pasovic? And I was like, well, you know, for, well of course, former, sure. maybe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know I, I, I was on the side that was doing the drone strikes, right, to what Luke was saying, that, and now I'm, you know, I'm here. And so I do think that if you break the law, that there are going to be consequences. So I understand that, you know, from the leaking perspective, but at the same time, the amount of stuff that that guy was able to expose and the transparency that he provided to people has proven to be a public service, 100%. Yeah. Uh, Razio says, question to any Trekkie on the set. 
Me and my bro discussed this topic last night and was wondering what you guys, who you guys would pick. If you were to start your own crew, who would be your go-to analytical science officer, data, or seven of nine and why? Oh, data, obviously. Guys. Uh, uh, Andrew? Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you want an Andrew? Elon that? Musk. Well, you guys, are you guys familiar with seven of nine? Oh, of the three, data. No, uh, uh, data or seven. Seven, seven, seven of nine. nine is one person. Is that the girl with the... She's the Borg. Former Borg. Yeah, former Borg. Former Borg. Uh, data, data, hands down. Who's the other one? Spock? No, data or seven of nine. Oh. I'm, I'm still confused. So here, here's, the, here's the most important thing. If you guys have seen the, the episode where uh, in The Next Generation, they get trapped in the Tykins Rift. You guys know this one? Yeah, of, course, of course you know this. Yeah. And no. there's on the other side of the Rift, because they're, they're they're, they're, the, the crew is trapped. They're being bombarded, and they don't realize this, with telepathic rays preventing REM sleep. Right. So over time, they're slowly going insane. Oh. And as they get no, they go to sleep, but they don't actually get dreams and, and REM cycles. But data. They start Exception breaking data. down. But data is unaffected. So because of data, they end up surviving for the most part. And because of Troy, who is partially telepathic and could translate in her dreams the message, they released the... uh the what was it, the hydrogen which interacted with the fictitious uh, Star Trek element of calendenium which caused the explosion wiping out the rift which they then ripped through. I know a lot about Star Trek. So wow, wow. <laughs> you chose wow. you chose an artificial intelligence data. Yes, I think there's something. Well, to because you he, he's 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 a creating, safety net, you know, creating AI. Yeah, AI can be a safety net. It just needs to be free software so we can watch it write its own code. Antifragile. Yeah, it was cool though. I, I like at the end when. Uh, like everyone's basically on the verge of dying because they've like they're losing their minds. Data's totally fine, and then he orders the captain to bed. I love he's like Data. he's like as my ask my la- my last order as acting captain is to order you to bed, sir. And Picard's like, oh, thank you, Data. And then he goes to bed. Twenty fifth amendment. Yeah, twenty <laughs> fifth amendment. You know they really brought that up because of Kamala, right? Which oh, one? Sure, Seems yeah. like it. The, the, the reason that everybody who's been talking about the 20th, this is so obvious, by the way. It's fine. The, the reason that they've been seeding this narrative that e- even in the the last weeks of the Trump administration, that they were talking about, oh, 20th Amendment, we're going to the 20th Amendment, don't pass. The 20th Amendment is not about if you don't like somebody, you want to get rid of no, That's impeachment, right? And right. he is being impeached right now. Um, the 25th Amendment is about mental capacity, mental capability. And it's, the idea is supposed to be that... Um, you know, if you, if you're, if you have some medical condition and you, you know, you're not, uh, you know, deceased, you're, you're still alive, but you can't you function, right? Then. Like if we had a president who thought the movies, what was that? What was that movie with, with the, the war, yeah. war games? Oh, yeah. Said, yeah. If like yeah. we had a president who thought war games was a real thing. Right. Wasn't that well, it, a lot of this, a lot of these laws were written in after the Kennedy assassination, right? Because they were thinking of different permutations of what could happen. It, what if this, that's why we have so many lines out of the line of succession, so many degrees of this. And then this was also brought up as something of, well, what if he was just incapacitated, right? And so, but I think that the reason that they're talking about it is because they want to use it on Joe Biden at some point. I agree. Yeah, probably yep. Oh, of course. Yep. Of course. Yep. yep. Troy Dunham says, I've graduated from an Ian hater to an Ian fanboy. Ian, when did you get red-pilled? 2004, I think. It's been um, a while. It was about like loose, loose change. I think you actually worked on that, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. That was back in the we, day. We have, we, we, we have some... Zeitgeist. That whole era of like internet video red-pilling in the early days. We, uh, someone, uh, Gareth Green's giving us a little a correction. He says, Chechia was yes. formerly known as the Czech Republic. Yes, thank and you. And before that, part of Czechoslovakia. Uh, and before okay, that, okay. Bohemia and Moravia, part of the Austrian Empire. Couldn't place it. So sorry. I actually knew somebody who identified as Bohemian uh, because their family emigrated from Bohemia right. to the U.S. 
And so when I was like asking who they're like, oh yeah, where your parent, like what what is your ethnicity? And they're like, well, we're from America, but we're all Bohemian. And I was like, oh. And then I'm like, where's that? And everyone's like, there's no such place. I'm like, yeah, there was a long time ago, and the people who were there identified as Bohemian, left and retained that as their you know heritage, even though it's totally different now. You know, it's like that in um uh, for some a lot of like like Poles and Ukrainians that came over before Poland got their independence back. There was this. Um, they would refer to their region as Ruthenia. Yeah, the Ruthenians. Uh, the Ruthenians, right? Even though that's, if you look today, that's not a province. It's, it, it never even was like a really defined area. Um, there's no kingdom of Ruthenia, but it was just sort of this, this phrase. And so when I was going through some of the census documents of my own family, you'll see from Ruthenia, but, cause that's what they put, but that's, you know, it's never actually been a place. Hey, clarification. I got rippled like end of 2006. Oh, it was right go. after I started making YouTube videos. All the people would comment. They'd be like, you need to learn about the Federal Reserve. You need to watch Loose Change. You need to see Aaron Russo. And it was like, so Free, I got into Freedom to fascism. Aaron Russo, great guy. Yeah. Awesome. That was a great one. Rest moment. in peace. All right, let's see. We got a ton of super chats, but I'll, we'll, we'll, read, we'll try and read a, a little bit more. Drake D says, 762 by 51 NATO and 50 BMG M2 machines are crew served or mounted. However... 338 Norma Mag in the works uh, is in the works to supplement 50 BMG M2 crew serve weapons. 338 NM is also significantly lighter per round. And is that good good thing or bad thing? Because I mean, 50 BMG those are those are building destroyers. You mow a building down and just you know what I mean. Have you seen how big those things are? Ian? Oh yeah, I was when Luke came you guys in and he, the belt. Yeah, when Luke came in with the belt. Yeah. <laughs> how do you get this thing? Imagine out? the optics. I just imagine the optics so of. Yeah. A military occupation with crew served yep. weapons Jeez. in our nation's capital, but then people being told, hey, this is for your yeah. own good. And these are the same people that want to ban your guns with HR 127. I looked into it yesterday. Right. There's so much more so stuff bad. that we didn't cover. Yeah. If you have a 50 BMG uh, like piece of ammunition, minimum 10 years in jail. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's nuts. Eduardo Salinas says, Tim, I asked about the game of skate last time. You have the crazy flat ground, but I got them switch. Let's do it. Love the show, man. Oh, you think I don't got switch, bro? I can nollie hard flip late flip. Okay. I can nollie hard flip late 180. I can switch hard flip late 180 and switch hard flip late flip. Bring it on, brother. <laughs> you ain't got game. All right. I got switch. switch. I, I can do basically everything switch. No joke. You got, you got, you got a mouth, son. You think you come in here and bring that, bring that skate smack all right, talk. All right, calm down. But I'm, I'm, I'm almost 35. I don't, I don't skate as hard as I used to, but you know, I definitely, I'm, I'm focusing more on mini ramp because I didn't skate mini. I, I skated a bit when I was younger. Now I'm having a lot more, more fun skating mini. It's good fun. I got a six foot half pipe. It's great. Let's see. Publius the Good says, so, so you are saying that you are fully aware the DNC committed a coup and actually overthrew the U.S. government against the will of the people. And your answer is you're a family man, oath breaker, period, coward. Whoa, yikes. Who are we talking to here? Jack. What? So, wow, buddy. Go, go army.com, man. Go. If you want, if you want to, you want to sign up, you want to serve, Do you want to go over there, kick in some doors, go army. Go army. Was it go with dot mill? I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds like somebody oath keeper. Wow. You know, breaker. Though, you know, also, I'd just like to say too, whatever federal agent just wrote that, um, <laughs> he's trying to get me to say something like you're glowing a little bit too yeah. hard right now, buddy. No, it, it comes down to this. Like we understand what you're trying to do. And for anybody out there who I understand the frustration, I do understand the frustration yeah. and I understand the anger and I understand the, we got ocean 11, right? What are we supposed to do about that? There is no easy answer. To there, it. there is. It's peaceful, persuasive, and resourceful. Yes. Hmm. It's this. It's this. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yes. It's what we're doing right it's, now. It's culture building. 
That's why we're talking about starting a vlog, and we've, we've been you know working towards doing this, but getting the website up is a priority, and that's why we want to – look, here, here's the way I explain it. We just talked about a little about skateboarding. Were you just talking fun. about having strong families? No, no. What's that going to do? Yeah, whatever. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Come on. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Listen. Parallel systems and stuff. There's, there's, there's a very – there's a well-known skateboarder who puts a ton of videos up. It's like, there's actually a couple skateboarders. They put up videos on Instagram, and on the mini ramp, the mini ramp is painted to be the Gadsden flag. Hmm. And so I've watched these videos of some of the best mini ramps getting I've ever seen from these people. And I laugh and I'm like, yeah, Gadsden mini ramp. Subliminal. What do you think happens when a 14-year-old kid sees this pro doing an amazing trick and, right. they, and they think that's so cool and they see the Gadsden flag. Then they go to school and the teacher says, this is white supremacy. They go, what? No way, dude. My favorite skateboarders do the same thing. They're not racist. Exactly. You're lying to me. Exactly. That's the culture building stuff I'm talking about. Speaking up, being proud of what you believe. And look, you know, it's a difficult philosophical philosophical question. I remember when I was a little kid, I saw a sign that said, stand up for what you believe in. And I was like, racists believe in awful stuff. You want them to stand up? They do. Okay, well, I'll stand up to oppose that. So literally, whatever you believe, if you really believe it, you'll stand by which it. Which used to be the standard, right. by the way, which used to be the standard that if, you know, the answer to bad speech was more speech. Good speech. Right. Was it, right. Better speech. That you add speech to that and then people can decide on their own what is better, right? This is why these issues that we talk about today where, and actually you were talking earlier about the nineties conservatives versus like millennial conservatives and the week.com just did a big piece on bar. They called it barstool conservatism where, you know, it's not the conservatism of the 1990s anymore. It's not Jerry Falwell that it's, it's yeah, there's culture wars, but they're not on the same lines. It's a different, you know, from a military perspective, a different Delta than where you would be having those battlegrounds before. It is about speech codes. It's about political correctness going crazy and how it's getting into our corporate culture. It's in our, our schools, et cetera, et cetera. All right. We'll take, we'll take just a couple more here. Amber Emily says Captain Archer or Cisco. Also, Poso. Cisco, 100%. Yeah, Cisco. No, no question. No question. What the hell are these questions? <laughs> I, Dude, I have no idea. I Cisco was. Oh, though, I like, though, I do like Captain Archer. Mm, I, I will yeah. throw some. I know Captain Archer gets crapped on a lot. <laughs> I know. I'm but, trying not to be mean. Can we, we talk about the USC? Cisco, dude. Yeah, come on, man. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I guess not. Cisco was legit. Jake Paul. But Cisco, obviously Cisco. I mean, Logan. No, no, Jake. Jake or Logan. Pick one. Jake Paul or Logan Paul. Jake Paul or Ben Askren. <laughs> Ben. Ooh, ben Askren. Ben. They're about ben to box in a yes. boxing match. Ben. Yeah, Ben. Yep. You hear it here first. Well, there's, there's I'm going to go with Ben Askren, even though he doesn't follow me on Twitter, and yes, that is how I judge There was one more part of this question that said, also, Poso, where is the most patriotic place to get an MBA internship? Ooh. To get an MBA? Oh, does Liberty have uh, have MBAs? I, I'd have to look I it up. I don't know. MBAs the last ahead. question, and the most important one, from Levitt. Lev- Levy Hint says, Ian, how long have you been growing out your hair? I'm on a year, and I can finally put it in a bun. I think four or five, five years, maybe. Wow. wow. Nice. Long time. Um, I like the question super chats, where you ask us to all answer a question. Yes, I enjoy like, that. There are, there are a lot now, of do you them. Trim? But... Do you trim as you go? No, I no. haven't trimmed it at all. Like Samson. I would think it would almost like it would be longer. <laughs> Samson. But yeah. like, I'll pull it and like pull pieces out it's from curly. like Here's one there. So like it never gets too long. I That's don't know. Why. It's curly. Ian is shedding next yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm shedding. Little pieces of balls. All right, here. we'll do one more. We got Super Zena says, just watch your last podcast on the tragedy involving that man. The first lesson my father taught me was don't start fights because you don't know who will end it. Yeah. Yeah, that story about the, the is that the snow Rough. thing? Yeah. That was. Just, I mean, that's. Jeez. I. I always just walk away. It, yeah, yeah, just walk away. It's okay away. to walk away. If they, okay they would have walk walked away. away, just de-escalate. Do everything right. you can. It's, it's yeah. okay to walk away. There's, I mean, 
whenever I have these conversations with people, it's, you know, oh, well, he said to me and I've got, look, it's, I get it. It's, 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 especially if this is a problem that men have, this yeah. is a problem that men have where we are taught from an early age, never back down. If you back down, that's showing weakness. You never supposed to look like a, a victim. If someone disrespects you, you have to throw down and make sure that you demand. What, what do you get from that? But you know, what's we, your, what's your, what's your reward for that? Yeah. We're not gorillas for, I, I don't, anymore. I don't, no. I don't know if it's the Asian in me, but my, my upbringing was victory was the most important aspect. And the ninja was you, you, you like I explain this to people. The, the ninja doesn't walk into the palace, like and try and fight all the guards in front. To confront the, the the emperor, the feudal lord, they sneak in around the back. They disguise themselves as a common person. It, it is a very Western. It is a very Western way of thinking. I think about like the the stereotypical depictions of like like victory you're, you're, has to be on the battlefield, right? I it's too your sword, for yeah. single combat, crossing swords, right, right, right. right. Well, Whereas you know, and you, and you had the samurai, but the way I've always approached it, I told this to the Occupy activists. I was like. Do you think you're going to walk up to the palace guards, fight them and win, and walk up to the next wave of guards and fight them and win? Or do you think the ninja who crawls in from the roof and then, you know, on the ceiling, setting up his escape routes and planning some months in advance is going to win? You have to be strategic about it. That means I, I, I've never experienced a loss of pride from purposefully choosing to walk away from conflict or a fight or some kind of battle. When I had that uh, Lincoln statue altercation over the summer where oh, yeah. the Antifa yes. guy got right in my face— um, there were a lot of people who said, Jet, why didn't you swing on him? Right. He was clearly in your space. He was, you know, like smacking me. At one point they tried to push me down. You know, why, why not just take a swing at him? Why not just take him, take him out like that? Because again, strategically thinking ahead, I know how that's going to look. Right. And this is a guy who's smaller than me. That's their plan. They want me to do that. Yep. And there is more strength and there is more power in the victory of saying, I'm going to keep my hands by my side, and no matter what you say to me, no matter what you do to me, I am not going to react. That photo was the legit victory. So for those unfamiliar, there's a, there's a photo of Jack Thank you. standing in front of this Antifa guy who's all angry, and it's you just historical. look stern. That's it. You you look like, I'm just not, like you're, it's, it's stern. You're not yeah. angry. I was doing the prayer to St. Michael in my head. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a similar situation in Boston where a guy got in my face and I just was like, all right, tighten the abs, clench the jaws, like bring it on, buddy. I'm not going to swing on you. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly right. It's, and, and there's there's strength in that. There's strength yeah. in that knowing that if I need to defend myself, yeah, okay, sure, I will. But if you're just doing this, why? I do um, well, so, magic. Like I'll think it's calm. You just think it instead of say it. The, the photograph. They, they pause for a moment and then you can do whatever you want. It's all about information war, right? And that's why I said the photograph was the victory. They wanted you to hit a guy who was smaller than you and say Jack Posobiec showed up and started attacking. Right. Then CNN, Jake Taper be out there. Conservative reporter for One American News, Jack Posobiec attacked, has a man. attacked an anti-racist protester yep. in front of the Lincoln statue. And, and then, and then you have Cuomo back. This guy's smaller than him. What's he doing? Hmm. Pick on me, huh? Come on. And then, you know, Cuomo would like raise his arms or right. whatever. Gosh. That's what they wanted. Instead, they looked pathetic and weak going at you who was just like, I'm cool as a cucumber, bro. You know, come at me, bro. Right on. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, go to TimCast.com. Become a member for exclusive members only content. Maybe uh, we're, we're going out to uh, uh, we're going out to the range on Sunday. And so we didn't get a whole lot of footage last time. Maybe we'll do more. There's business involved. That's I got why. some so footage. Lou got some footage. Yeah. There's yeah, some fun stuff. stuff with the 50, yeah. the, the 50, the 50 BMG breach loading, which is uh, which was loud. It shut my camera off. Because I was standing to the left of Luke when he fired, my phone just turned off. 
So is that a Crazy. shockwave? Can we? Can we? I, I final then, answer. And then I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, okay, Tim, your turn. He's like, no, we gotta go. Like, we look at the time. Yeah, look at it. Oh man, we saw it. But look at uh, the time, man. Uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, we're, we're, we'll get some footage and uh, we'll see what we do. But if you want to get exclusive exclusive members only content, we got a ton up right now. We got full bonus episodes about life after death, UFOs and stuff like that, and trafficking. Timcast.com, become a member, help us be that shield and safety net in the event they try to t- they try to take us down. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Minds at Timcast. My other YouTube channels are youtube.com slash timcast, youtube.com slash timcast news. This show is live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. If you're listening on the podcast, give us a shout out, give us a good review. And if you're not, check it out because it, it helps us out. And uh, seriously, thanks. Everybody's becoming a member. Jack, do you want to shout anything out? Uh, you check us out. One American News, Twitter at uh, Jack Wasobic. I will have my Antifa book coming in a couple of yes. weeks now. It's called Antifa Inside the Black Block, My Stories. Uh, you can also go to AntifaMovie.com and check out the documentary we did, 60 Minutes, all about the history of Antifa, how they come from, and where they're going. One of the quick things I wanted to say during the Super Chats is, just really quickly, don't let them take away your happiness and your peace. I want to thank MSNBC for inspiring me to bring back my old t-shirt. I think it was my first ever shirt that said, don't drone me, bro. It is now <laughs> officially back yes. on oh thebestpoliticalshirts.com. It was during the Obama era where it was pretty much you know created, and now it's still relevant. Full who, circle. Who would have thought? Mm. And uh, yeah, thebestpoliticalshirts.com. I release YouTube videos on the YouTube channel We Are Change. I'm an independent uh, YouTube channel still somehow existing, mainly because of you. And I want to thank you guys for watching and participating and being a part of the conversation on my channel. It means a lot to me. Thank you. We Are Change, the best political shirts. <laughs> right, I will personally that. say I love the material. I love the way it fits. It's very warm, very snug. Mm. I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, you can also follow me online at Ian Crossland, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Minds. I'm also streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Ian Crossland. It's hot. Very cool. See you there. <laughs> and I am Sour Patch Lids. I am on Twitter and Minds.com. And I am Real Sour Patch Lids on Instagram and Gab because someone stole my username. Anyway. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We'll be back. Is today Friday? Yeah. Today's Friday. Friday. Yeah. Friday. Yeah, uh, so we'll be back Monday at 8 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you then. Bye, guys. <laughs>